0: Johnny Depp Channel's Chaplin, Shia LaBeouf's Hole, and Tom Cruise's Oblivion this week on 30-2010. 30-2010, 30, 20, 10.
1: 30, 20, 10, 30 20, 10. three decades every show sometimes associated with videos. 30-2010, 30-2010, surprises and excitement, yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010s on 30 20, 10.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to 302010 the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine taking you on a pop culture journey uh, across 3 decades this week and basically cool stuff history from 30 20 and 10 years ago from this very week this week being April 14th through the 20th that's right it's 420! Uh, happy 420 happy <laughs> happy birthday Hitler uh it's, <laughs> it's is that his birthday I don't
2: it is, is <laughs> no, it no. Hey. yes
0: we,
3: this God, is, there's got to be some confused parties out there. Back, back
0: when, I mean, they, let's celebrate 420. Oh God, damn it! I hope it's the right one. When, when, when Diana's husband and I, Michael from Vintage Game Apocalypse, are writing for a website, we decided to be bold. We're a mainstream website, but we're gonna have 420 week. And like, how do we not acknowledge Hitler? And Michael m- wrote this amazing article called "What If Hitler Smoked Weed," which had like intentionally broken images and like run-on stream of consciousness. It was, I think they took it down, but it's still like every 420, all they can think of is what if Hitler smoked? <laughs> and I know it's not that uh... funny, but like we went through with it.
2: No, but the world would have been a better place if that yes. we instead of math.
0: Anywho, anywho.
2: Anyway.
0: <laughs> April 14th through the 20th. Sorry, it's odd times. My brain is not working this week, and there's so much weird shit to talk about across the decades. 30, 20, and 10 years ago, we'll talk about three decades in three segments, talking about music, movies, TV, video games, and more across uh, April 14th through the 20th, 1993, 2003, and uh, 2013. Not to belabor the intro, but it's, like, it's very interesting to watch the world change in uh, 10-year intervals and we are your hosts have all been alive during all this stuff so we were part of these hype cycles these disappointments these these milestones that if you're like us kind of help serve as it's like dropping a pin in our lives of uh, where we were and what we were doing who we were seeing all that shit so let's begin as we always oh and once again thank you to our patrons patreon.com slash laser time i missed out where we go even further back in time to see if anything's worth watching. watching flash flashdance which i I thought it was the first 80s, 80s movie in 80s in depth. It doesn't feel like a 70s movie even slightly outside of a total lack of, like, pigment colors. Just everything is just <laughs> dark, dark, dark. But uh, it is 80s as fuck and great soundtrack. Holy shit. Patreon.com yep. slash later time.
2: That was a lot of fun. Should we introduce ourselves?
0: Yeah, sorry. I'm not. Yeah. I right, am Chris Antista. Who else is with me?
2: I'm Diana Goodman. And I'm just going to tell you the theme for this week is here comes the FBI.
3: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and i'm jr rawls and when someone has bo the o usually stays with the b once the b leaves the o
0: goes with it (laughs) it goes with. oh related that episode so hard this week let's begin as we always do in 1993 april 14th to the 20th and there's so much news to mention i have no time to tell you that arlene sorkin arguably a co-creator of the character of harley Quinn, seriously has sued America's Funniest People for uh, racial discrimination for firing her because she's white. Her case was not helped that she was replaced by Tawny Katain, uh... the blackest person I can think of. Uh... I mean, Tawny is in
2: her name. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, no. <laughs> I-, I could not find a resolution to this, but there's way more impactful stories happening throughout the world this week, especially in oh, pop culture.
2: shit, yeah. 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 We-, we get some... We just, Like I said, here comes the FBI, and that's probably a bad thing. We have, look, stay away from federal buildings on the April 19th and 20th because mm. shit goes down around those days, usually in honor of things that shit went down April 19th or 20th in the past, and here's the big one right here. Branch Davidians have been under siege for 51 goddamn days outside of Waco. There's, I don't know, about 100 people still inside. Uh, They've been trying to negotiate. And there are so many different law enforcement jurisdictions. like, Everybody is there. And they can't quite agree with each other of, should we keep negotiating or should we just kill them all and like, God sort them out? Let's raid the place. And finally, they decide, okay, we're going to bust through and pump the place full of tear gas. And they do. But uh these guys are end of the world type so they have gas masks and they have bunkers underneath and they can't get anything to work and then they drive a tank into the wall mm-hmm. and everything explodes in fire and we did not know what happened at first it looked like we still don't. the fbi blew them all up yes maybe the gas was explosive because not not we- to
0: belabor this <laughs> like i'm a huge bill hicks fan i just accidentally rewatched the Bill Hicks documentary. And he's, he was sort of like before the internet, he, his album was like, he's talking about Waco and like, ah, they set a fire. And he's like, we saw you on TV spit fire into those buildings. And that was the memory in my head. And then I watched that Waco documentary. I didn't learn much, but like, it does look like that, but they tell they're driving a tank into the building to create an opening to let people out. Cause of all the fucking tear gas, quite possibly too much tear gas. And yeah, fire.
2: There have been, yeah, conspiracy theories that there was a flamethrower on the tank. and that There you're, definitely you're is that, not.
0: But, but it led me to no, believe, like, there is this not is not how conspiracies go. Like, what you think you remember versus what actually happened when you review yep. the footage. And the explanation of the FBI isn't great. And the explanation of the Branch Davidians isn't great. Like, it... <laughs> no, this is
3: one of those things where I remember the feel at the time.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. by day 50
3: of the siege, people were going... What the heck is taking the FBI so long?
1: Mm -hmm. Why don't they
3: just storm it? And there's a fair point to make that they should have stormed it earlier. Okay. Okay. David Koresh was having pedophile sex with people while this siege was going on. Okay. He is a, he married a 12 year old and she had a two year old daughter during this siege. Okay. This is a gross. Horrible situation. <laughs> and like you said, these are people who believe in the end of the world is right. coming really soon. They call their ranch the Apocalypse Branch. Are they gonna <laughs> kill everyone, including the children? That's happened before. Mm-hmm. There's been mm-hmm. plenty of madmen
0: who have poisoned uh their children th- and their followers. I think I was Something to do with work, reading about FBI research and apocalyptic cults like that. Generally, they begin to believe in the apocalypse so much, they have to have something in tandem, a plan in tandem to make sure their deaths come about. Mm -hmm. In almost every Mm -hmm. case, there's always a plan B to die. The big crazy thing about this siege, which makes it different
3: from a lot of other hostage situations, is the branch Davidians felt safer with Koresh than they did with the police and the FBI. How do you handle a hostage situation when the majority of hostages don't want
0: to leave? That was the only thing I, I learned. from Don't
2: drive tanks over their shit. <laughs> yes,
0: on purpose. That's
2: a good start. Uh, don't like... start. Driving tanks around because that freaks people out. Th- that's a the
0: only bit. <laughs> couple of things I learned from that new Netflix documentary is that one, they oh, arrested the that,
2: that- uh, Waco Amer- American Apocalypse. Yeah, the,
0: the one yeah. They, they arrested the woman who came out and put her in jail, and then put her being in jail on television, which sends a horrible message to everyone else inside who might want to give up. Yeah. And uh yeah. and, and then the, at the FBI, like as a fuck you, rolled over all their trucks, and this is me adding to it, like those were our getaway. <laughs> plans <laughs> like you have pretty much cornered us into an area where we have we can't even uh, uh fantasize about an escape yeah. making us more desperate uh making them more desperate sorry I, we're going the waco
3: siege was the biggest gunfight in american
0: soil since the civil war
2: oh my god
0: well what would top it
2: i hadn't thought of it that way yeah
0: one of the john wicks but yeah i guess in terms of non-fictional gun battles holy
2: shit yeah i hadn't even thought of it It, i mean no it's a big thing because the after effects of this we are feeling to this very fucking day this is there was already a bit of a militia movement in the u.s uh going back more into the 70s or like the late 70s, it's usually kind of tied with like Aryan Nations type stuff. And this is the point where it fucking explodes, yep, like the British yep. civilian compound. Because what your average pretty far right gun enthusiast sees is the FBI came to take these people's weapons mm-hmm. and then murdered all of them when they wouldn't play along. They're prosecuting them because they're Christians. They're just a different kind of Christians. Like no, because because he's a kitty diddler. That's yeah. why.
0: And, just, and they to, have
2: grenades. And I don't want kitty diddlers to have grenades. To Jr.'s and, point,
0: I don't think the Department of Children and Family Services have tanks. They weren't there. <laughs> they yeah. the, the ATF well, doesn't cover that. I'm not. I'm saying they there should have been a recourse yeah. there, but that's so, not why the the law right. enforcement was there.
2: And also, don't forget, we're we're only four months into the presidency of the first Democrat in twelve years. And obviously, he is coming to take all our guns, mm. and he's going to sick his evil wife on us, and she's going to try to give us health care, and she's just the worst, and everyone's the worst, and so they've got a body count, and blah, 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 Literally, just behind the press, there are supporters of people, not necessarily supporting the Branch Davidians, but opposing the government, including a man named Timothy McVeigh, mm-hmm. who is there handing out flyers. Two years to the day, he is going to murder 160-plus people, because yeah. he thought the government is so tyrannical now we have to stop them.
1: But
3: yeah. Because over-
2: he saw this. Because we all fucking yeah. saw this. But,
3: again, the mood before the fire, before the attack, was so different. This is a clip which aired four days before the uh, fire attack. I don't oh, know. Oh, is this from
2: the TV movie part. with Tim Daly? Yes, no, exactly. That's oh. gonna come in the future. Oh, God.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: Gee, you know, uh, these copies are coming out so light. Maybe I need some toner. More toner from the man from Galilee. David. <laughs> Lisa. Wife number 12. Also her
0: age. I have, I have always wanted to do a giant expose. <laughs> SNL's going to have some stuff that holds up very poorly because it's got to be topical. The Richmeister yeah. in the Waco compound? The meister. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: But uh, Diana, I know exactly what you're talking about because I have a vivid memory. I searched and I searched and I could not find Tim Daly. But as this siege is going on, they are filming a TV movie about the siege. Wow. And Oh,
2: oh, I so found it. I found you it. found it. In the line of duty, Ambush in Waco is an NBC made for TV movie that will air about a month from now, but they were filming before they had an ending. You
0: choose the ending.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Clue Gulliger's in it. Good for him. What
0: what
3: I will remember is Tim Daly being interviewed like a day after the fire. And I found a quote. This is what he said. It was eerie. On Monday morning, I was playing a guy who was alive. By that afternoon, I was playing a guy who was dead. Wow.
0: Wow. Like, that's fucking harsh, especially if you're like a considerate actor. and How am I playing this? thing, Not knowing the end of this story holy shit i mean that's that's a we'll talk about the tv movie when it comes out but yeah
3: during the siege nbc is filming a tv movie about the branch davidians how the fuck yeah Uh, and uh, yeah
2: yeah. that's fucking gross (laughs) i mean i my guess is they anticipated it was going to end with everyone calmly walking outside because why else would you if you think this is going to kill like 80 something people too? in a horrible fireball including a lot of children like I, why would I, I, you I only, why would you do this this, before is, you you know the ending? this is
0: tremendously about, huge ratings Ugh, this is I about suppose. the most controversial thing i could say because during blm and then there would be an occasional you know white guy does something holes up in a compound something it happens somewhere during that time they hold out they come out no handcuffs nobody gets shot and everyone's like how's it? how's this not racist and i'm like it's kind of waco like if you remember that like that's Something people want to avoid everybody dying mm-hmm. when you the conversation about BLM is like the split decision to constantly shoot unarmed black men individually. <laughs> well, I, I don't mm-hmm. think we haven't seen a, a real good black cult to make a good analog there, uh, to hole up in a compound not, for 90 days.
2: Not since 1984 in Philadelphia. Please look up the move bombing because yeah. that's basically what if Waco took place in a row house,
0: but yes. Support so BLM marched it. in those protests. So, I'm not trying to say... It was yeah. just people making that comparison. It's like, Waco has had that kind of rippling effect. Yeah. You, you, you do not yeah. want your day you maw after, like, weeks of filming to be Waco. But no. you definitely want to hold a presidential rally there on uh, the anniversary. That is a very smart thing to do when you spit fire and brimstone. You know, um, I've been
2: waiting for... Like, another person <laughs> who was there on the ground at the time was Alex Jones. Yeah. And because he's, like, a local Texas radio crank at the time and that is the the
0: most polite description of alex Jones i've ever heard he's
2: he's at the time that's what he was and since then he said he wanted to rebuild the compound and i would love to see them do that put your money where your mouth is oh wait you don't have any because you owe the newtown families 1.5 billion dollars true it's
0: why you gotta buy more supplements Buy some oh, monkey yeah. brain supplements and it'll help you rebuild the Waco compound. Anyway, moving on, because Jesus Christ, the jury reaches a guilty verdict in the federal case against police officers who, who beat Rodney King. Two are convicted, two yeah. are acquitted.
2: Ugh, that's the closest we get to fucking justice yep. and the civil suit. I think that's it. Yep. Yeah, I don't see the inside of a jail. Yeah. For what they did.
0: It's all very depressing. And um, at least you have seen some progress there. These are kind of much speedier procedures <laughs> uh, nowadays. So change, arc, slowly, justice, I guess. But it's all very depressing. But
2: it doesn't change by itself. You got to you know. make it. Up.
0: Few people know better than <laughs> David Lee Roth as I transition. <laughs> so, shitty,
2: shitty cops, I can't believe this. I don't know which one you found this story, but I, I want did. to know every fucking detail of this story.
3: There's not a whole lot of details. I <sighs> tried to see if I could find, like, someone doing it. All I found, UPI report, David Lee Roth arrested for buying marijuana. Sergeant Anthony Barlenti said Roth was taken to arrest, charged with buying $10 (laughs) of marijuana. Roth faced 15 days in jail or a $250 fine. I hope he can afford that fine. $10? I
2: don't know how much that would be. I mean, because that's like $20 a day. What, is that like an ace? That that's like joint? nothing. Here,
0: here's what I here's what I'll tell joint? you. Here's what I'll tell you. What it's worth. Maybe two. What it's worth. And this is what I said about the glory of the show, showing you how much we've changed over the. Ten dollars wouldn't even get your weed delivered nowadays, uh, <laughs> legally. <laughs> and this is what this is what David Lee Roth goes to jail for in a sweep. Like that's how much yeah. times have changed.
3: Oh my! Uh, God. It looks like the the case was adjourned pending dismissal,
0: meaning charges mm-hmm. are. Wiped if he stays out of trouble.
2: Yep. Adorable. This
0: I get to, I love getting to talk about this again. Bangles singer Susanna Huffs uh marries some loser named Jay Roach, and they're still together. And I I don't know if I said it at the time, they're only in Austin Powers 3. Austin Powers doesn't come from an SNL sketch, he comes from a band, Ming T, mm-hmm. who's a guitarist, is Susanna Huffs, and Jay Roach would go on to direct Austin Powers, and in the last movie, the whole band is there. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, "Oh, now the origin story is presenting itself a little clearer." Um, yes, this is how Jay Roach goes on. He he did direct Austin Powers, didn't he? All three. He,
2: yeah, he directed yeah. all all the Austin Powers movies. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, oh, his first job was a cameraman on an Easy E video. Shit, that's pretty cool. But I mean, since then, meet the parents, Trumbo, those, a bunch those of are big movies
0: I don't like at all. Yes. But I've seen- um. <laughs>
2: And a bunch of th- those uh, HBO movies, mm-hmm. they did Game Change and All the Way and Recount. Like, those are seriously good. And, Shot in my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> oh he did he didn't he appeared on episode of barry i didn't realize that yeah no they they are married uh Susanna huff just wrote a book and she was just at a nearby bookstore being interviewed by filmmaker jay roach and i'm like you are cheating girl you're <laughs> cheating usually you get like a journalist or another writer to, in- to interview and say you just gotta sit around and talk to your husband about your book now
0: he knows <laughs> but he knows exactly what probing questions to ask why oh, is it you okay. can't take off your socks during sex what <laughs> Uh,
2: uh, this character has a very troubled background do you have a troubled background is that why you won't ever do the goddamn dishes Yes. is
0: that why like uh because uh your dad left at such an early age is that why you leave wet
2: towels everywhere okay.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> also in celebrity marriage news lisa bonnet divorces lenny kravitz uh after how many years since 87 87 yep.
2: um, yeah little zoe's only four. Oh. Um,
0: I, she'll never get another hot husband ever again.
2: No, at
0: least just can't hack it. Uh, She's not
2: like the coolest person ever. So
0: also, also this week, Hard Days Night released on CD. Yeah, I'm yeah, this is the film. Uh,
3: the film it what? is this is the first movie ever released to CD. And as Ebert is going to s- explain, this is like DVD trying to exist. Yes.
0: Yes, and I, I there was a news story this week. This week, in some tech magazine, CD-ROMs have taken off more than any other technology in the last couple of years. Most of they existed, but this is the year they become affordable for most people. And you know they're affordable, because the Beatles wouldn't fucking release something on it uh, if it wasn't in a lot of households. But here's Ro- Ro- Roger Eber talking about... Um, the CD-ROM release of Hard Days Night. Click on your Macintosh screen, and you can see the movie or stills from the movie in a small window next to a running commentary on the film. Click again, and you can read the screenplay while you're listening to it.
1: I
2: never noticed this nose till about six months ago. And My mother asked me before I left for America if I wanted any sandwiches. Oh, when I went to plug her in; she just blew up.
0: Oh, tell me more about it, please. See the movie. The CD-ROM version also uses pull-down menus to allow you to go instantly to any line of dialogue, any scene, or any song. For people who really like a movie and want to study it closely, and for film students and scholars, this new CD-ROM approach is invaluable. For most moviegoers, however, the smaller picture and the limitations of Macintosh Quicktime software, which doesn't show every single frame, will not be the most enjoyable way to see this film. I want to see it in a theater. Or on tape or laser disc, where by the way, a hard day's night is also available. Well,
3: well, brilliant yeah. man. Smaller, You or nice Roger. It's a postage stamp. It's it is a postage stamp running at one P per second, okay? Oh, this is, and this
2: the sound would be so tinny and it's so bad.
3: bad. And and, and like, I, I, I appreciate so you want to listen to the Beatles, right?
2: Oh, like I appreciate yeah, the, the big advance from VHS to DVD or laser disc was the, yeah, that you can just skip forward and know where you're skipping to. You don't have to sort of fast forward and guess and fast forward and guess. So yeah, he's right. Film students, that's about it, man. I can't I
0: love of, the the feature you, he get
2: he, the fucking laser disc if you want quality.
0: People my age lament the loss of bonus features and behind the scenes documentaries and, and commentaries on they abandoned start a scene with a drop down menu by a dialogue that was a technology that existed 30 years ago that has not existed in any film that i've <laughs> ever seen uh, that's pretty no, amazing but it's I, also it's also beautiful like the... it, it's one of those things that like not enough people need this or not incorporating this in every
2: release no and then you got to sit around the computer to watch it because you don't have anything that can play it True. anywhere else but the idea of seeing the screenplay running along the bottom of the screen i like that yeah, we could bring that back. That would be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, if you turn on your Amazon X-ray vision, yeah, uh, they do. Well, have then a- I
2: just get, you know, the best thing about that is like, wait, who's that guy? Where do I know him from? And the Amazon tells you.
0: Because <laughs> it's very,
2: very handy. Like, oh, you mean that extra? Yeah his his character name is Kevin, and you remember him from this movie. It's pretty You're brilliant because like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't use I use Amazon so much less frequently than I do. It, not. Through a vague political stance, but not really. Like if I can save money on my cat food, why not? But like, uh, mm-hmm. I did. Real, I forgot. Amazon bought IMDb to like mm-hmm. keep you yep. in a movie loop, and that's why that technology yep. is there. I so oh, I and- because of the show, I use I use an Amazon product almost constantly. <laughs> Uh, the
3: there's week. been some huge controversies with amazon and imdb especially with rings of power mm-hmm. they definitely mm-hmm. seem to have like put their thumbs on the scale there and was like well obviously anyone who doesn't like our show doesn't count so we'll just not have those count it's it's yeah.
0: a little odd to think about it really is uh, yeah. but
2: it's a feature i would like to see on a lot of dvds though oh, yeah. is especially or also the one where you could pause it and it'll tell you the name of the song that's playing mm. That is so useful. Uh, Do that on DVDs, everyone. Uh,
0: And then also this week, Pulitzer Prize for Fiction goes to A Good Scent from A Strange Mountain by Robert Olin Butler. And uh, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama goes for Angels in America by Tony Kushner.
2: Never heard of it. I
0: I love (laughs) Angels in America a (laughs) lot. Angels
2: in America is fucking great. (laughs) What am I fucking talking
0: about? It it gave (laughs) us um, Jeffrey Wright uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, Tony Kushner. I I think he may have done another play, but he's almost exclusively written everything Spielberg has ever put on screen ever since, uh, ever since this. Mostly
2: since Munich, I think he's it's, yeah. it's worked a lot with Spielberg.
0: I think. And then I, the last news story, again, times are changing, but this is a trend. Radio stations around the country are switching formats, uh, Radio uh, are switching formats to country music because of the. That weird rise along Alternative, you had country music. Is Kurt Cobain too scary? (laughs) Do you not like NWA? Let's go back to Billy Ray Cyrus. And VH1 this week announces a primetime country countdown, which just feels... I lived through this in the South, so I know it happened, <laughs> but it still feels like one of the strangest times ever. Because by the time yeah. I'm going through puberty, country is huge, and I bought like a hunting jacket because that was in style for some reason. Oh, I begged my mm-hmm. parents to let me wear camo because I was in for some reason. People wearing cowboy hats to school. Middle oh, school.
2: Dear. Oh, <laughs> dear. Awful. Like, like oh, my oh, hyper-color honey. My hyper color became so no. uncool. Uh, oh yeah no country is huge right now we have two giant debuts in music this week
0: yes uh and then let's move on to the movies and decent proposal is still number one at the box office movies hilarious (laughs) uh uh, movies out this week uh the 14th and 20th of april trying to avoid saying 420 wide sargasso sea karina lombard and nathaniel parker (laughs) this was an (laughs) nc-17
3: film
2: yes yes it was ew what is the wide sargasso sea it's the sea.
3: <laughs> okay, okay it's, it's not it's a, a should... metaphor. Okay, it's no. not a, the lady name, parts, Chris. Not, It's not rosebud. No. <laughs> it's...
2: it's not called gaping sargasso sea. <laughs> <laughs> love
3: the you make those jokes. Hot, wet sargasso sea,
2: Chris. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I mean it's based on a book, and the book is way way more well. Beloved that, than this movie, which is pretty, uh pretty, pretty naughty for most of it. You know, where they're in uh, the Caribbean and you know this in the colonial times, and you, they get married, and then there's there's fucking, and then there's a big plot twist at the end. I've heard the book is so much better than the movie because I watched the movie and I was like, okay, so this is a, you know an erotic journey, I understand, and then big twist at the end. I'm like, wait, are you shitting me? That came out of nowhere. So I think the the book is probably a lot better because it's about feminism and colonialism and this movie seems mostly about fucking.
3: Yeah, it's I'll give it some props for setting it in a very interesting time. This is Mm -hmm. set in the Caribbean about 10 years after the British outlawed slavery. So pretty much every adult African Caribbean person has memories of slavery but they're no longer slaves, but they still outnumber the whites who still own all the land. So that's a tense situation. You could mine a lot of drama from that. And this movie touches on it, but it, it doesn't go yeah. deep enough because of the fucking.
2: Yeah. Cause they're pretty busy fucking. And then, yeah. Uh, plot uh Should I give away the plot twist at the end though? Yeah. Cause it is kind of a cool plot twist. So yeah, y'all read Jane Eyre? Y- you ever had, there's like, there's there's noises coming from the attic and it turns out that's a crazy first wife. This was a prequel. That's the crazy first wife,
3: which I'm OK with. You know, public domain is public domain for a reason. I think people should have the ability to expand upon public domain works and try yeah. to add more stories. To Renfield
0: it. out this week in theaters. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm I, just, dial- I, I think just, it's a
0: great concept for a story. I want to see a Renfield movie. Yeah,
2: I just uh-huh. thought
0: they could have done more with this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they they could. Okay, I want to talk about a movie ah. that its legacy is so truly bizarre. Yeah. I think its legacy is a song that was not yes. a new song at the time.
0: I, I think its legacy is everything to do with anything but the quality of the film.
2: Yeah, and we'll talk about the quality of the film, but
0: Dan Hidea
2: This. This was so many teenage girls' favorite movie when I was a kid.
0: Dan Hidea, CCH Pounder, Julianne Moore, Oliver Platt, Aidan Quinn, Mary Stuart Masterson, and Johnny Depp in Benny and June. The critics are all, <laughs> all aboard for Benny and June. Really? A great movie, an absolute must see. The best date movie of the year. What the hell is he doing?
2: Mashed potatoes.
0: A deliciously offbeat romantic fable. He's amazing. A not-to-be-missed treasure. The whole cast is terrific. Benny and June, rated PG. Starts Friday. <laughs> so
2: so here, here's the thing, though, is I don't like running ads that are just critic quotes like that. Mm-hmm. But every other ad from before it was screened for critics they don't the song isn't there mm-hmm. and you can't tell what movie it is <laughs> but mm-hmm. when you put that song there all of a sudden everyone looks up like oh, yeah Benny and June cool
0: so uh, like i just to get oh. my thoughts out of the way because i don't i didn't watch it again cuz i kind of wow. ha- hate this movie but... oh i
2: okay. hate
0: it okay. i'm looking forward <laughs> oh. to talking about it okay. oh yeah uh, I, am, I think this okay. is an
3: actively surprise. harmful film yeah. okay i'm going to step on it chris Go ahead. because if someone is schizophrenic, what they really need is love. Mm. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's what this message is telling us. This movie is saying that all of schizophrenia can be solved by letting that person fall in love with another person who probably has a whole host of mental issues, letting them move in together, and then everything's going to be peachy. This woman, Mm. we see her light, what, two separate fires? Mm -hmm. Okay?
2: Mm -hmm. That's not really the time to yeah she lights fires she walks out into traffic uh she reacts to most stress with violence um, yeah. sometimes physical violence sometimes just violence she breaks things yeah she has major mental illness things now i'm the i feel like the point they're trying to make in the movie is that her she lives with her brother Benny this is Benny and June of the title and, and he's he in some ways he's kind of uh trying to keep her down You know, he's Mm -hmm. trying to control things a little too much, but he's also his entire life is passing him by because he spends all his time worrying about his sister. And there's a certain amount of like, she needs to learn to cope. You need to learn to cope. This has become an unhealthy codependent relationship, but she does need help. She does need structure. She she probably can't just handle things on her. We see her have several breakdowns, one of which is real scary. And the stress is because she got on a bus. And it's it was enough to set her off a I, a, a sort of like a group home situation, not w- where she's allowed to come and go. That's probably a good idea.
3: Yeah. See, that's why I hate this film. To me, it's and up it, there with films that teach kids that if they just love their parents enough, the divorce will end and everything will be great. Mm, OK, that's yeah. a horrible message. I also hate movies that say mental illness can be cured with love. That's. It is Not literally really an, or- it is it an organic
0: works. crystal treatment for something that is totally treatable through science and, and therapy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we see she's on that.
3: Yeah, but if this movie's message was you really just need to put on this healing crystal, we'd all hate it, right? Yep. If that yeah. was the message. So... Uh, I'm not saying love isn't important for people with mental health issues. It completely is. It's a great support system. That doesn't mean it's enough. And it's not enough based on the evidence we are seeing in this film. This is a woman with who needs help and she doesn't need a fellow person with mental problems to live together. That's, that's not the solution. You know, it's, it's the movie world where, I I don't know. I said in some level, I can't help thinking of Tropic Thunder and our DJ's clip. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the quirky level of, of thing that it's like, okay, this person isn't full R, but they obviously have problems, but it's just enough that you can go, Oh, they'll be fine. no, no, they won't. Not based on what
2: we're seeing in this. Yes, film. not based on the treatment
0: yeah. she's currently. But yeah. again, also, again,
2: she's that... moved into an apartment building. She she's going to make several people homeless. Now here's 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 one of the problems. I, I want to talk about things I do like about this movie eventually. Sure. But yeah, the idea that it's like her brother treats her like a child, and but she's a grown ass woman, and she can fuck who she wants. But she, you do have to worry about her being taken advantage of, and the idea that she should be able to live more like an adult. But the, the idea is oh you can move out of my gigantic house that we share and move into the building the apartment building that julianne moore runs it's like sounds like you're just making julianne moore be in charge of her now that ain't cool there's is a, the problem here gendered caretaking fuck all y'all there's a shitload work?
0: of bad messages under the surface of the movie that i personally find very triggering now for reasons i won't explain but
2: and yet there is also, a lot of charmingness going on here. God damn I, there it. Is.
0: But that But what JR said in the chat, it's fucking Twee Garden State. What did you say in the chat? I said Johnny Depp is playing a
3: manic pixie man. Yes. You know, not yes. a dream girl, manic pixie dream man. That's what he is. He's He's quirky enough, and he comes in, and with his quirkiness, he solves all of her very real and serious problems. Or very ephemeral.
0: Yep. Oh, I laughed. And hey, look. I'm that guy. I'm a bad person to date in the long term, but I can make you, I can cheer you up a little at a time. I'm really good at that. So yeah, that's the
2: idea that, okay, the the plot is that, yeah, she has mental illness. She lives with her brother, Aiden Quinn. And then this guy comes into their lives and Mm -hmm. and, like becomes their housekeeper sort of. And he's uh, Johnny Depp. He doesn't come into
3: their lives. They win win, him on a bet.
2: Yeah, they they win him in in a poker game. (laughs) um,
3: (laughs) my butler
2: yeah (laughs) but uh yeah but then his thing is he's extremely eccentric too but in a incredibly whimsical buster keaton charlie chaplin way and he does a whole bunch of those kind of routines and they are fantastic fucking johnny depp nails them you you gotta give it to him uh, i will say this
3: is a lot of physical comedy. He obviously worked really hard at it. But again, my my stupid real human brain, I'm looking at him do these routines and everyone is just in awe and loving it and happy. There's gotta be some people who are just like, I, I just want my fucking dinner rolls. I,
0: I, I just want to eat those dinner rolls, god damn it. Starving. Uh and I I also like I really I don't find any joy in singing the praises of Johnny Depp um, in 2023. Mm. However, I think his very pointed choices as an actor are what, like Johnny Depp was a child star of Nightmare on Elm Street and 21 Jump Street and made the 90s, he made a string of fascinating choices. He doesn't do a Red Dawn. He doesn't Mm -hmm. play a Batman villain. He does intentionally does stuff like this. So by by the time the 2000s hit, he's a household name without being in any like $200 $200 million movies because nerds love him. Girls fucking love him.
2: because oh, A lot of it comes down to this one. This too. one, I Don say, Juan like, <laughs> the, This one in Edward Scissorhands, yeah. honestly, for, for women of a certain age. This one especially because he is just He's so cute. He's so charming. But also, like, you want to protect him. But I I, I wouldn't be able to publish, even though I love Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin so fucking much, even this would be like, okay, stop it.
0: Johnny Depp doesn't become a a movie star (laughs) until his 30s. Because he spent the 90s doing this shit like this in Ed Wood and appealing to a very specific audience. And, and then, be, yeah, be, despite being movies for almost 20 years, doesn't become a movie star until the 2000s. Till well, 2003,
2: we are going yeah. to talk about it. 2003 is the year of the Giant Boat movie. And I'm so excited <laughs> about both of them.
0: And can, can I also say my hatred, which is almost seething for this movie doesn't have anything to do with the substance quality of the film when I started watching it and then heard that song I just remember like Beavis and Butthead got me to watch MTV so for me uh the proclaimers are the buggles for me watching <laughs> Beavis and Butthead I remember every time like oh shit Beavis and Butthead is on it's 6.55 this fucking video would be on every time with Benny and June footage every fucking time every day it would be a countdown of the number one song. So for like the first three months of watching Beavis and Butthead, I'm watching Johnny Depp's goddamn, <laughs> goddamn bread trick bunch of Irish guys bopping around in a camera until I got so sick. This the song I love now, and the Proclaimers. And then once I got HBO, because of the nature this movie is PG. If we haven't said that, it would it would be on HBO three times a day for decades. Mm-hmm. It I I never want to see this again. <laughs> uh, I I. To love the song because I
3: have literally the worst direction sense of anyone you've ever met in a life mm-hmm. in your life, and so whenever I got lost, a former girlfriend would just send me this, just saying, "Okay, you're gonna walk another 500 miles to find <laughs> <don't know>. me." <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: yeah, and now that's that's the crazy thing. This the Proclaimer song came out five years before this Mm -hmm. and it did okay in the UK and it it didn't crack anywhere else for some reason it it opens and closes this movie. Mm -hmm. And obviously they play it in the advertising because it's fun and upbeat and quirky. And it's, you know, it's perfect. And they just took the video from five years ago and just cut Cut in Benny and June footage Mm -hmm. and ran it. And it becomes like the big summer jam. And I can't help it either. I fucking love this song.
0: Yeah, but there, there, I, there,
2: if, if I'm walking really far, sometimes I'll start singing it to myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there, there was a time. Yeah, I just can't. Like, I cannot believe how much my brain associates that song with Beavis and Butthead, because that hmm. was the big MTV hit when I started watching MTV is Beavis and Butthead Trojan, Trojan Horse me in there. Let's move on, even though right. it's no so interesting. years. I
2: hate this movie. I I like this movie, but I can't quite make myself recommend it. I think it's still fascinating. It has- it has a lot of flaws, and I think a lot of those flaws could be fixed, but I think they oversimplify it for romantic purposes. But also I forgot an Inquis a fucking snack. Oh mm. I forgot.
0: He's like too God handsome percent. to be in this part.
2: He's you know what is funny? It was supposed to be Woody Harrelson and then that he left to do sense. Indecent Proposal and I think they sued him and got their money back or something. <laughs> and that worked out for him too, because Indecent Proposal is a way bigger hit than this.
0: Yeah. Uh but can yep. it be a bigger hit? Yeah. Oh. And
2: also, he's still on Cheers.
0: Oh, right. They, like, <laughs> I kept it out of the news. I think it's last week. That was the last piece of footage shot for Cheers last week. Yep. The, the finale yep. is not here. We can talk again. about the
2: final episode soon.
0: Anyway, next up. Is this number one of the box office? I can't remember. It is number
2: two, after Indecent Proposal.
0: Dan Hedaya, Vigo, Mortensen, Lolita Davidovich. There he
2: is again, though.
0: Yeah, I know. Dan. Dan Hedaya, Dime Store Robert De Niro, uh, Dennis Hopper, and Wesley Snipes in Boiling Point. They're killing cops.
1: The They're hitting the mob. They're not afraid of anyone,
0: but they should be. Federal officer, it's got to be by the book. Slacker, put him in a box. By the book. Wesley Snipes, Dennis Hopper, boiling point. Wow! So I didn't get to rewatch this. I <laughs> couldn't movie.
3: find this. Okay, yeah. this seems to have just disappeared, and I don't get why. I mean, is is it just that valuable that no streaming service is like, yeah, we'll have some I Wesley mean, Snipes. It,
0: it should be on HBO Max, given it's a Warner Brothers film. So that, that is a little surprising. But I, I just remember yeah. this being the, when we all like Wesley Snipes, ah, really? You're out of everything but Boiling Point? Like, that's when you get to Boiling <laughs> Point. <It's>, it, <laughs> and, and what I found fascinating is, because I only got to read about this, is that this movie centered around Dennis Hopper's character. He is not in the trailer. Because the movie, the, Wesley Snipes' career trajectory was such as it was. They recut the movie and even like cut down all the scenes of Dennis Hopper doing stuff to make it look like more of a Wesley Snipes movie, which it really wasn't. And that, that TV spot contains no Dennis Hopper, which is why... Everybody involved with this movie was kind of pissed when it came out. Like, where's my scene? Like, I'm to make it seem like it was a Wesley movie. <laughs> so, it is a... not on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, I checked. It's definitely not there. But, like, who's to say with HBO Max's new direction? I, we, this is neither the show to talk about it n- until ten years later. But, like, what's about to happen with streaming is going to be fascinating. Because shit you expect to find on streaming services is no longer going to be there anymore. And holy shit, it's all bugaboo right now. But this not yeah. being anywhere is kind of inexplicable.
2: Nah, you know, I mean, it's just it's kind of generic, man. Yes. It's you There's know, so
0: many generic so dumb many. action movies out there that, that I've that's found the, without yeah. a problem. Director and writers are so pissed about it because the pivotal key things occurred around Dennis Hopper's character, and his, the smaller part was the partner who Wesley Snipes is playing and he, th- that's what all the scenes are now. The the main character loses no. the scenes. It's fucking crazy, but no, unre- no. not recommended. Boiling point. Watch past no. 57. That's, or
2: don't. Or that's don't. like half a good movie. <laughs> it's
0: true. But um, anyway, moving on to television, April 14th to the 20th, major dad end after a, Jeez, I thought it was much longer than that, 1989. I never saw a fucking frame of this, but I saw every promo, and it seemed like, this is a huge show, right? And then as I move on, like, none of my friends ever watched this. How did this exist so long? This was one of the
3: monoculture shows that got, okay, this was viewed by 16 million people.
1: Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
3: do you know how many nuns a TV executive would kill today to get 16 million views, okay? But I, I, part of my research process, I try to find reviews from people. Guess the person who reviewed Major Dad, the highest number of hits of anyone who's ever reviewed Major Dad. Guess the number. Um, hmm. 20. 20. 200. 109. So you ah. went from being watched by 16 million people on a weekly basis to... I was one percent of the people <laughs> who watched this guy's video, and he's the he's the major dad expert. If you want your major dad wow. information, you go to him. But yeah, it's it's such a dumb premise. What if a guy in the military got married?
2: <laughs> yep, and it's he's got like all daughters. Yes, yeah, all daughters. Surrounded by daughters,
0: women. Yeah, what a concept.
2: I like to think it ends. He got a promotion and just like they couldn't make Colonel dad. It just didn't work. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's too powerful. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I I don't
3: remember any funny clips from major dad. Oh no. I take that back. There is one. I remember a scene where he's trying to teach one of the daughters to drive and he goes over all the way the cars works, you know, internal combustion engine. And the daughter is like, I don't need to know this to pass the exam and he says but you need to know it in order to pass my exam
0: <laughs> <Audience> oh <Wow>. says...
3: <laughs> wow. comedy gold that is the sole thing
0: i can remember from this show our, our demo <clears throat> seems to be all republicans who unfortunately have daughters do we have a project for them we could green light? <laughs> uh, major dad unbelievable that this exists <laughs> Uh, I've I've seen so many movies with people in the military who have children and daughters. Like, why wow, was this a premise for a unique premise for a sitcom? Anywho, uh, another another sitcom debuting on CBS, Dudley. Oh no. Yeah, this stars Dudley Moore. Oh my god! Oh my god! Poor guy. This was Dudley Moore's life before his son moved in, and this is Dudley's life after. This is like a Nintendo before Play It Loud commercial. After. Get the picture? Done. Dude, it is all public domain footage. <laughs> This is his life before. It's like a deer in Hawaii, and then this is his life now. Nosferatu, (laughs) Lon Chaney Sr. (laughs) That's what this commercial was.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's Dudley Moore plays a dad who's not very active in his son's role, but his son's a real bad boy, and now he has to get back in blah, blah, blah. lasted six episodes. I remember being a huge Dudley Moore fan at the time, but that was solely because my babysitter was his personal assistant
2: what no way
3: yeah she was his personal assistant back when he was like big and then moved on she got fired i have no idea but so she was like yeah i used to be his personal assistant take care of all that stuff and i was like do you have any entertaining stories to tell me she only had one And in retrospect, I bet she only had one story that was appropriate to tell (laughs) a a young boy. Uh, But her only interesting story was when she and Dudley were at a party and Robin Williams said, your fly's undone. And Dudley Moore said, yeah, right. And then Robin Williams grabbed his crotch, put his hand through the open fly
0: and said, no, your fly is undone. (laughs) Zip it. (laughs) That is, oh man, that is the most unfunny in 2023 thing that's hilarious in (laughs) every year up till that. (laughs) A great story. Sexual assault on Dudley Moore from Robin Williams. They deserve one another. Mm. I could see them both being in the birdcage. Six episodes. I have yet to see Arthur. Should I? Oh, yes.
2: Arthur's a lot of fun. No, Dudley Moore's a lot of
0: fun, but he mostly is playing a giggling drunk is how I mm. think of
2: him. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it, uncoupling his image with Arthur is, is basically impossible.
0: It, how accurate is that? Because he died relatively young, sixty-six. Yeah. He's dead. In, a couple, weird in less than cancer 10 years. Got him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like seeing that on this TV show, it's like they have to come up with an excuse for him to play piano so he plays a pianist because he was an incredibly <laughs> accomplished classical pianist on top of fucking everything. And so a lot of Dudley Moore movies they just come up with an excuse for him to play for yeah. I'm just wandering around the park. Everything is great. Oh, there's a piano. Oh my
0: God, <laughs> Dudley Moore. I've never heard- Who park- left the piano at the top of this mountain? <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: uh, Dudley Moore, Parkinson Plus syndrome. Oh. Um, yeah, had a lot of late diagnoses- in the 2000s and probably couldn't work on movies anymore he needed something really like yeah. give me one stage that's all i can go to uh mm-hmm. if i still want to work and he kind of kind of disappears after this mm-hmm. and uh, now we know why he was sick
2: okay so also in 1993 we have a tv movie that sounds amazing called detonator aka death train wow and this cast is oh man i wish we still played the kevin bacon game because this would be a slam dunk pierce brosnan Basically playing James Bond before James Bond. His boss is Patrick Stewart, and they have to stop a evil Russian scientist played by Christopher Lee and his henchman Ted Levine, his Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, from taking a train full of, like, nuclear super weapons from Russia to Iraq to blow it up to start World War III. Whoa. Um, yeah. And it's based on an unfinished work by the guy who wrote Guns of Navarone. And they like really played that up, like it's from this guy. He wrote "Ice Station Zebra." Everyone loves him. He's hardcore. And it's like it was like something he wrote on a cocktail napkin and never finished. Like yes, Death Train, perfect. Death, Death Train. <laughs> but Pierce Brosnan, Patrick Stewart, Ted Levine, and Christopher Lee together. Oh my God, dream blunt rotation.
0: <laughs> Anywho, moving on to uh, man, God damn it, uh, the fire next time set in the far off year of 2017. That's Blade Runner times, people. With uh, wait, Craig... so.
2: <laughs> It's not an adaptation of the autobiographical short stories by James Baldwin.
0: No. <laughs>
2: what? Well, now, why it... are you calling it the same thing?
0: Oh, see, that's you're. Expecting this us is to...
3: about mm. global warming Ooh, uh, and how the world
0: will be on fire. Oh, this is probably. It's probably. This is probably using a lot of fucking infowars documentaries we're not watching as <laughs> mocking oh, this... version of twenty seventeen. <laughs>
2: Oh, the stock footage on this I'm sure is fantastic. Mm, um, why are they calling it the fire next time? That title is next
0: time. Maybe they're stealing but, from that Baldwin, uh, the Baldwin. Why are, lift. They
2: why are they stealing from James Baldwin talking about his childhood in Harlem? <laughs> uh,
0: this is just
2: dumb. Why isn't it just called like the fires? And
0: an episode of Seinfeld that is unfortunately very near and dear to me right now, the smelly carb. It still smells!
2: No! Smelly car, smelly car, what are they feeding you? <laughs>
0: that one? Of, of no, that one.
3: that's Friends. That's Smelly mm. Cat on Friends. But it was close. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is the story where Jerry brings his car to a valet. The valet has bad BO, and he can't get rid of the BO. But the that's the A plot. The mm. B plot is George's ex-girlfriend Starts dating women, (laughs) and George responds with all the emotional maturity
0: you can imagine. He responds to, (laughs) Mm. and but to Uh, me this is near and dear. I recently had food poisoning, like a really bad case of food poisoning, and I've only had it twice in my life. And the first time, like a lot out of going out of both ends, which shockingly I found very unpleasant. So my goal became don't throw up because I'm not doing it in the bathtub again. As I scored out the other side, I'm not doing that again. damn it. So I plowed myself with water and Gatorade, like, like eight a day and had a fever, like 103. And I, like, I was mostly like knocked out during all of it. And uh, I sweat through my sheets. And by the time it was done, like, let's wash these, put them back on. It still smells like, and like, it's a, it's a, it's a light gray sheet, massive stain. I've washed it like nine times. I'm like, no, no. These are like, these are like, I don't know that they're, they're pricey sheets, but like I kick off every fitted sheet except for this one because it has all this enhanced elastic at the bottom. And I keep looking for them and like $100 to replace it. There's no way I paid $100 for a sheet, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not paying $100 for this. And I wash it so many times. Mom's like, put, wash it with white vinegar. I will. No, it still <laughs> smells. It's, all of it still smells. That's what I'm dealing with. So I guess it is possible, but I still haven't given it away the same way Jerry Seinfeld gave away his BMW. I know you're- No, he, he tried to sell it. That didn't work. <laughs> yes.
3: So he just gave up and he had it be stolen. He just drove to the scuzzy part of town, the keys out. got out of the car, jangled his keys in front of a scumbag, <laughs> tossed them in the
0: driver's seat, which was unrolled, and just mm-hmm. walked away with his hands up. I, I, I know. In the show, you're not a multi-millionaire sitcom creator. <laughs> you're, a, yeah. you're a guy who does sets. You can't afford to give away a Beamer. Jesus. Yeah. yeah
2: you just entrapped that guy to go to jail for stealing your car.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but That's uh, not
2: cool.
3: Have either of you had an ex who then started dating the same gender
0: after you? Yeah. My, my first... The woman I lost my virginity to is currently married huh? to a woman. Did Ooh. that bring up any feelings for you, like George? No, other than like, she looks really good. I can see why women woman <laughs> would want to date her. N- not really, because like, uh, no. Because I think that that's fe- a feeling of inadequacy, but like, not only inadequacy, but failure that you turn someone's nose up to an entire gender. But like... <laughs> I think we know now, like love, love and sex are spectrum based, and like, uh, yeah, say you can't find the right person anywhere.
2: Yeah, but, and just just think, like, well, maybe your dick is so great that no other dick would ever compare. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, that's. I never
0: thought of it that way. God, this is the happiest I've been in <laughs> mm-hmm. like six years,
2: man. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Why did those, all those you other Chris, straight? You never go back. <laughs> why,
0: did those, why did all those other straight women break up with me? Moving on to games. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to games. Basis loaded four for NES. It's this is crazy for me because like I thought this was like. It's a series I never cared about, but it was also one of the few series like where they marketed on television. "Bases Loaded" by Jalico, which led me to believe Jalico was the most important game maker of all time. They didn't say Capcom's <laughs> name in commercials. They didn't say Konami's name in commercials. But not many NES games made it to four because the cycle wasn't really that long but i is this the only sports
3: game on nes that made it to four i can't think of any other yeah you know what there wasn't a lot of sequels
0: of sports games on on nes yeah no Tecmo Bowl no again yeah no no it, no they'd either be a, and even then there would be like a year following but this is one of the biggest baseball games that has utterly disappeared like completely gone bases loaded i thought it was the biggest baseball franchise there was because that's a cool fucking name. Well, it has fictional teams, mm-hmm. and no one's going to
3: want to play fictional teams once the licensing rights for real teams but are But maybe all
0: they out. have fictional Americanized names like Bob Dugnut. And, uh,. <laughs> I don't know what that Bob's means Bobson Dugnut. what look up Bob's that game Dugnut, Just some poor please. group of Japanese guys coming up with generic American names, and it's the funniest list of names of all time. Bobson Dugnut being the highlight. <laughs> Casino Kid 2 is uh, on NES is uh, 30 years old this week. Casino game This
3: copies the
0: Street Fighter
3: Two map. <laughs> Look, thing. I'm not kidding.
0: Mm-hmm. You're, you're a casino kid,
3: and you already won the last game, so now you're going around to fight all the world championships at Casino Wing, and it's totally the Street Fighter II map, and you go to China, and there's a suspiciously Chun-Li-looking girl that you have to <laughs> beat at uh, Roulette. I Again, this was like one of the first games I ever used a cheat code for. And it's so boring when you emulate it and it is just resave, so you win every time. It, I don't know why yeah. I did that. I don't get gambling games. You can you can play these on a TI eighty calculator, and I know that because a kid in my sixth grade math class programmed his calculator to gamble, and it was fun for thirty seconds, maybe forty five, and then we bored of it.
0: It, it might have, it might have one of the worst NES covers I've ever seen. It is it, it none of it screams. Kids, you like video games? It is a stock photo of people playing roulette with a horrid mishmash of (laughs) fonts. All trying to look classy. Yeah, it's real bad. Real bad. If this showed up for Christmas, this is the ultimate Lee Carvello putting challenge game you could have received based only on the cover. Kid Clown in Nightmare World. Nightmare. Those are two words. You throw balloons.
3: There's monsters. You jump on them. The longer you go in one direction, the faster you go. This was originally a Mickey Mouse game, but there were rights issues. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh. Oh, God. Uh, and then a uh, much better licensed game, Tiny Toon Adventures 2. Adventure. Trouble Another in s-
3: solid platformer from the Tiny Toons people. Someone released these games. I, I they, really they, wish they some- would...
0: I mean, maybe I'm biased, but what Capcom did re-releasing the Disney Afternoon games, the Tiny Toons games are just as good, if not occasionally better, for from Konami. And, well, they learned from him. Yeah. you know. Uh, this is coming
3: out in 1993, and you know, DuckTales was, what, 88? Five years Seven. to learn. Five years to get everything out of the end. I mean, we just
0: had a, a Genesis Tiny Toons, but they're so colorful yeah. and have such a great group of characters, and Wacky Land is such a cool location to go to established Mm -hmm. in black and white. Sorry, I've been doing a lot of cartoon nerdery this week, including opening up my Porky Pig black and white collection, which is where Wacky Land Mm -hmm. premieres. Lethal Weapon is out on NES just in time, a year after the last movie. What? (laughs) Super Nintendo's been out for a while. So much merch
3: for R movies when I was young. And not just light R, this is a heavy R film because it's based on one. You know, that great, highly violent film where yeah. suicide
0: is a major the, plot point. The main character tries to and, kill himself on Christmas time.
2: Yeah, you know, perfect <laughs> yeah.
0: kids fair. Um, the and the I first
2: am, movie opens with a topless woman jumping to her death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Great, know, great kids. kids fair. For kids. Yeah. I am racking my brains and I can't really think of a single our film my kids have seen yet alone bought merch for
0: (laughs) dad dad i got a judge beach towel like (laughs) (laughs) oh i got my my boiling point action figures
2: (laughs) Uh, i'm just looking at the wikipedia page and it's saying that uh it was considered uh too difficult and frustrating and that punching an enemy was more effective than shooting them
0: (laughs) that's yeah NES to a okay. team, but somebody had the license and by gum, they were going to use it. I'm, I would even take money. This might've been an existing project that like, you can finally get mm. the lethal weapon license and make a little more money. Cause it's kind of, the Super nintendo has been out for like a year in America, at least like yeah. you do not want to be releasing games on a platform. Most people are abandoning despite a massive install base. Uh, and then, uh, music of 1993 and former by snow is still number one. God damn it. It's
2: still, Number one. It won't stop. It's so annoying. It's going to be number one. It's like two months. It is number one.
0: New releases also includes Die by Sarah Brightman, Earth, Sun, and Moon by Midnight Oil, uh, the full custom gospel sounds of the Reverend Horton Heat by Reverend Horton Heat, which I only wanted to bring up earlier because that is perhaps the only other, like, White music trend that came back that I can remember. Oh yeah, we don't like country. So the so the rock loving right white people bring back Reverend Horton Heat. Is it where my the 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 big band jazz? What a swing? Swing? Are they swingy? Mm. Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, Pork Soda by Primus, which is does not have a genre. <laughs> get a and no. get a grip by Aerosmith. So I was totally incorrect thinking Alicia Silverstone debuted this week and not in Mm-mm. the crush. Uh, but Alicia Silverstone is synonymous with get a grip for me for more reasons than one. Uh, And the self-titled debut of Shania Twain and Toby Keith also come out, but we're going to close out with, guess what? The proclaimers. I would walk 500 miles. And I only,
2: I'm going to be parentheses, 500 miles.
0: And, and they're
2: Scottish, not Irish. And I think they're twins.
0: They're, they're not only like, if you listen to another proclaimer song, you cannot hide how scottish they are it is fuck it is like oh. very very intense <laughs> their accents very very thick two twins but we'll close out with five i'm i'm gonna be 500 miles which is what we all call up the parenthetical we'll be right back in 2003 don't go anywhere
1: 500
0: Coming in with Say You Will by Fleetwood Mac off the album of the same name. What? <laughs> Fleetwood yep. Mac is bringing us into 2003 with a new hit that I kind of remember. Are.
2: Yep. It's it's their last studio album. It doesn't have Christine McVie, R.I.P. But, yep, Fleetwood Mac, they, they got back together after their big reunion tour and they, they tried some new stuff.
0: It is fascinating for me as someone who never grew up in the popular era of Fleetwood Mac how popular they remained, getting massive fights, reunite for a tour get in a massive fight go on a massive tour get in a massive fight go to maybe they've been incorporating wrestling philosophy in order to keep keep up dude seriously how haven't released a lot of new music but you know lindsey buckingham says some shit stevie nicks says some shit and then they get back together and do it all over again it's hulk hogan and the iron Sheik, every, like every five years Uh,
2: (laughs) did did the iron sheik cheat on hulk hogan and then make hulk hogan sing a song about how mad iron sheik was
0: i think if you said that in the way that he would tweet you could see how it was possible iron sheik make you sing song (laughs) fuck your wife butt (laughs) jabroni motherfucker hulk hogan also out this week 2003 that's where we're at 10 years in the future April fourteenth through the twentieth. Stop laughing. Uh, new releases also include uh, "Below the Lights" by Enslaved. Ah, oh, that, that name's gonna be really cool. In twenty twenty-three, uh, "Love Metal" by HIM. That's all caps, and that's how you pronounce it. Uh, "The Path" by Show of Hands. "Ball" by Widespread Panic. "A Beautiful World." Uh, the debut of Robin Thicke. Dragonfly. We'll
2: Talk about him in twenty thirteen very soon. Ugh,
0: I can't wait. Uh, "Dragonfly" by Ziggy Marley. Now by Jessica Andrews and thankful, the debut of Kelly Clarkson. Is it though? Wasn't she on a a show for singing on a show for a while for millions of people first?
2: Well, now the whole album's out.
0: There you go. Fewer people can listen to it than ever. Into Club by 50 Cent is still number one. 2003, a little bit of news. The Human Genome Project is complete with 99% of the human genome sequenced to an accuracy of 9999 percent the same percentage of bacteria my Clorox wipes pick up by the way which is a great way to saying it's not perfect
3: (laughs) yeah so humans share most of their DNA with other humans uh so they just sequenced you know 99% of it because they were like well that's gonna get most humans so we want to do that before they started getting into everyone I mean we share 50% of our DNA with a banana. (laughs) Right. <laughs> we do yeah so if you sequence a banana you've sequenced half of the human
0: genome i bet Good i know job. what parts and then uh what the treaty of ascension god like god of war ascension just i never no. played the multiplayer mode.
3: <laughs> this is the eu taking in 10 new member states and at the time it was like can we take in these two member states yes, and now it's just like of course those states should always have been part of the eu
2: Yeah, but we are including a whole bunch. This is the first time we have former parts of the Soviet Union in the EU. Mm. Czech Republic, Estonia, Cyprus, Latvia, Lithuania, Hungary, Malta, Poland, Slovenia, and Slovakia. So a bunch of Eastern Bloc countries and things that literally were part of the USSR. And this is why Russia is the way it is.
3: Yeah, and this is why all those countries did that because they were scared of Russia Mm -hmm. because all of them were like, hey, I remember 11 years ago, kind of don't want that to happen again. So mm-hmm. I will join any organization where that makes it will not
0: happen. Vlad keeps like, driving what? tanks France by our borders, throwing like one beer can over. It's Yeah,
2: it, well, France on? and Germany, they have a lot of rules, but they're doing pretty well. Mm. And they're doing better than us. And if we join with them, then they have to help us when we don't do as well.
1: Yay. Mm.
0: It is true. Oh, yes. you. So, oh. Yay,
2: the EU. I like it. I feel like if somehow Russia joined the EU, we would have world peace.
0: <laughs> well, it was it was
3: looking on a decent track for a long, long time. It looked like, hey, end of history, things are getting better. Maybe Russia will join NATO. Maybe Russia will join the EU, and then you know they just swerved and decided to go the uh, nationalist authoritarian route
0: and and then uh, lastly washington wizards you know famous washington wizards player michael jordan (laughs) plays his final (laughs) nba game in philadelphia so diane her family can throw batteries at him where he receives a three-minute standing ovation
2: that's all i mean that's
0: big for sports yeah i mean this isn't the opera you know (laughs)
2: That's true. It's not like can where everyone just keeps clapping and you don't know why.
0: I mean, Jordan's right. is the goat for me because I I stopped playing basketball watching watching basketball when he stopped playing for the Bulls. So I don't know how good he is compared to other players.
3: Well, I, I love the Netflix documentary. I recommend it to anyone who remembers that time. Just reliving it is kind of fun. Growing up the Last Be Like Mike uh, was yep. huge. I had a pair of Air Jordans. They were like the coolest thing I owned by like or something like that (laughs) and uh, gosh if I could have been at this game I absolutely would have and I don't think I've watched a basketball game in seven years um, Mm -hmm. at this time but yeah he was a legend I think he gets deserves all the accolades he deserves I love the symmetry his very first game was against Washington and his last game is playing for Washington I mean we can all say he should have just Kept with basketball instead of doing that digression into baseball, but that is all your passion. That he is not only
0: one of my favorite stories in all of sports heroics. Him like fuck this, my dad wanted me to play baseball. I'm gonna go play baseball. I love that it's canonized in Space Jam. It's <laughs> it's it's yeah. part of Space Jam. If Space Jam doesn't work without that. Yeah. And <laughs> but yeah, this is his last game. Uh,
3: he ends on a free throw and. He is number three in the all-time highest scores in all of the NBA's history. Damn. Number one was, is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
2: No, I'll only recently that changed. Or was that oh, yeah? most three-pointers? I No, I think LeBron just beat Kareem's record.
3: Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. I take just, it
2: back. Just, like, seriously, a couple of weeks ago. And everyone was wow. like, you're kidding. No one can do that. Oh, he did. And Kareem was, like, super cool. He's like, yeah, records exist to be broken. I'm not mad about it.
0: Wow, you're right. I didn't yeah. follow that. But yeah, yeah, cool, cool.
2: Wow. Hey.
0: Getting into movies of 2003, April 14th through April 20th. Oh, man. I, the, I can't remember being this disappointed uh, in a film, Cube 2 Hypercube. With some Canadians. Yeah. yeah Cube, uh, okay. Cube, it's, Cube. it's a
2: while. It's been a while Six for years. them to bother doing a Cube sequel. The first one's 97.
0: Yeah, but it's it It was a slow hit, a real slow hit, like and mostly on video. The people who made this movie
3: have no idea why Cube 1 was a success. And the people okay. who made
0: Cube 1 are not involved with this in any way. Ah, yeah. there you go. And if you, uh, if you look at it, it is... The worst special effects I have ever seen in my entire life. It's up there. It's It's on the list. It's mostly CG. Because in terms of the original Cube, I can't think of something like extremely high concept, effective movie, fucking zero budget. There is one room they relight like six (laughs) ways to look like a different room. And it's violent and compelling and terrifying. It was the first movie that became a must watch on acid in our friend group. Like a cube wow yeah. why would you do that to yourself <laughs> Because it's it's uh it, it it you can't do anything that's like super low lit in like jump scares this is more like head scares and 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 part of the the, the beauty of cube is like what who fantasia th- exists <laughs> it's true and i found out the best movie to watch while you're on acid as of a few years ago dick tracy Heavy metal. Like uh watch <laughs> watch those. Uh b- but like this movie tries to over-explain what is happening, who is running the cube, which is like questions we would ask, but ultimately, like, that's never gonna be more interesting than mystery. No, like, the that, mystery that, that, is a huge part of cube one. That's that the movie would be
3: a lot dumber without it. And this movie is so dumb. Yep. And they actually had a decent concept. Okay, this is taking place in a hypercube a Mm -hmm. tesseract not the marvel one but the the mathematical concept of okay we exist in three spatial dimensions right okay Mm. what if there was a fourth spatial dimension how would we move through a fourth spatial dimension not time but a fourth spatial one that's an interesting idea personally i would love to see a video game that takes place in four-dimensional space and have Mm. to break my brain trying to figure out how to move in a (laughs) four-dimensional space. But this just uses an excuse to have no rules. Okay, here we're going to have them go through time very quickly. Here we're going to have multiple alternate reality versions of themselves. And here we're going to have this guy who's the bad guy, and you know he's bad because he becomes a cannibal, and our hero is going <laughs> to poke out his eye. And then in the next shot, he's back 10 years later. So he's been existing in this cube for 10 years, eating only human flesh of the infinite number of copies of his fellow prisoners. You can't survive on just raw human <laughs> flesh.
0: <laughs> We're like 90 percent water.
3: Uh, And all the characters are non characters, which, okay, fine, but you got to make it interesting. And it's just
0: not interesting. It's one of the biggest ball drops, I think, in cult film history. But I'm not sure what I wanted from a Cube 2, other than like a bigger Cube, which they did. (laughs) But Cube Uh, 1, I love. If they would have actually taken
3: the Tesseract concept seriously Mm. and had it be scientifically accurate on the level of primer I think primer you could have done is, something is the
0: only the thing in the, the scenario I set up low budget high concept sci-fi mm-hmm. only primer beats cube um yeah. mm-hmm. but but cube is up there
3: but yeah just have cube 2 be hard science this is a tesseract let's explore that
2: yeah, yeah. instead Break now I admit I didn't get around to watching it because I I enjoy cube one even though it is a little gory for me because I'm a big sissy but like reading the description it sounded like is is this like a Resident Evil movie? Like it gets into there's an evil corporation and they're doing this and that and these people have been set up to yeah be stuck in, in the cube and I mean the first there cube, are like, the, there are a couple kills that, so that, simple. That,
0: well, the first Resident Evil movie is so simple mm. and they steal a couple a couple kills are exactly the same. People get cubed uh. in both films.
2: Uh, cool. Yeah, I know the first one is like that's it's such a good idea and it's such a good budget idea of just like these people show up they're inside this room it's got six doors. Yeah, it, What it, the hell's going on? Tw- okay, let's walk through this door. Oh, crap, there's lasers. All right, well, what's in the other door? And, he, and they never explain anything. It's a
0: Twilight Zone episode. It's like a horror yeah. movie meets Clue. <laughs> it's, it rules. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I like the first Cube a lot.
0: The Cube 2 sucks. Stay away from it. I don't know much about uh, the next movie, but it does have Sofia Vergara in it, and that's exciting. It does? And it's called Chasing Poppy. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Rosalind Sanchez, uh, Sofia Vergara, J.C. Velasquez, and Eduardo it, It's It's a very goofy, wackety-schmackety comedy, but for the Latino market, mm. which it's about time someone noticed is there. Yes, there are plenty of Spanish language things for the Latino market, but hey... Why not in English? So it's about, this guy has three different girlfriends. They find out that, oh, wait, he's dating all of us. Uh, and then wackiness ensues. Uh, some of it is kind of a, uh, what's it called? Mm. With a dead body. What am I thinking of? Help, help. What? What's what's the movie where they, they got Weak the dead it body?
3: Weekend at Bernie's?
2: Weekend at, at, at Bernie's. God, why could I not put up that
0: there <laughs> <Dare> you forget. <laughs> Never forget, Diana.
2: I very sorry Tony Lomax
0: sacrifices life for that movie Diana
2: yeah but like he's he's all like drugged up and they got to move his body around and they're like oh oh look out that thing's full of money how did that get here ah we're chasing each other and it's very very silly like not good silly or or maybe it is like turn your brain off silly it's just like I wanted to like it even though it sucks <laughs> I wanted to like it because it's like yes I just I want diverse comedies like why not
0: yeah yeah I think and, this this whole list is based up on movies I wanted to like and don't yeah this
2: yes this is all movies that I like the idea I, why, do better
0: <laughs> do better 2003 yeah yeah
2: come and, on and, like and, hey, speaking of yeah international, a, a botched stuff,
0: international cinema yes um, yeah Jamie King, yeah, Sean don't... William Scott, and Chow Yun-Fat, now a bona fide international movie star on the level most American movie stars will never achieve, in yeah. Bulletproof Monk. Ugh.
2: Yeah, America, we've, we never got it right. We, we never figured out how to no. get Chow to the, the level of stardom in America that he deserves because he's a fucking fucking cool dude. The,
3: the problem with this film, it's an early
0: 90s, late 80s action movie that's coming out in 2003. Mm-hmm. oh now with a cg and a goddamn smash mouth soundtrack and stifler <laughs> unbelievable no. i saw this i didn't bother rewatching it for the show just because of how distasteful i thought it was but it's it's the it's like the jackie chanification of chow yun fat now when he can still mm. do action-based stuff because chow yun fat like pops up in a ton of stuff now it's just like you're you're somebody's grandpa <laughs> you're somebody's dad <laughs> doesn't have to kick anybody anymore but so he, he's still doing great but this is yeah i don't know though any other way to say it when uh Hollywood latches on to an international Hong Kong star and just kind of deludes it until it's dead and, and yeah. waste the, the rest of their action career. That's what's happening here. Yeah. But
2: I I feel like they shouldn't have gone with action maybe with Chow because mm-hmm. like that is part of his thing. But he's also a very good actor, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's ever translated well into English.
0: There was one, I was thinking of one thing where it did, like where just, he's just cast, you know, he's not an action person. I saw it recently. I can't think of it.
2: But I mean, we're we're after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like this Mm is, in those couple of years, they should have, there's got to be a project out here that would be perfect for him. It's like a little bit of action, but mostly just gravitas and seriousness. And no, they never figured it out. I mean, I
0: don't know what it is about this week for movies. They are fucking terrible. And it doesn't get more terrible than the next film. Uh, Anthony Anderson, Tay Diggs, Jamie Kennedy and Malibu's Most Wanted.
2: I This should have this there is a there is a universe where this is good. Yeah, I I like I like the basic the idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the basic idea that he is, you know, a, a rich senator's son who acts like he's a gangster and then to like get him out of the picture, they hire two black actors to act like they're gangsters and take him down to Compton and you know scare him straight i guess
0: be red brad
2: (laughs) somewhere i feel like if robert townsend made this movie it would have been brilliant yeah this should have been hollywood shuffle
0: and instead you see a movie like this now and it's like how did the director pitch this like do you want to see what my lizard brain thinks about black people boy do i (laughs) for 90 minutes brought to you by jamie kennedy just uh one of the few like loathsome people who i don't know has been like an actual shit heel behind the scenes but i just hate everything unscream that he's ever been involved in and i hate hate to like a, a, a very weird degree and this is unwatchable unwatchable not fun bad unwatchable Uh but the 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 next movie is something that was like anxiously awaited that I actually wanted to see do I think people were hoping it would do well because it's an adaptation of a book, isn't it? Very popular book. Very popular. Make sure
2: that you know about that in the trailer.
0: Yeah. And who directed it? Was it was it Joe Dante? Andrew
2: No, Andrew Davis. Okay. The guy who directed the fugitive.
0: Oh! Oh, God, I can't wait to talk about the fugitive. Patricia Arquette, (laughs) Tim Blake Nelson, Sigourney Weaver, Cleo Thomas, John Voight, and Shia LaBeouf in Holes. (laughs) The curse is real. Welcome
1: to Camp Green Lake. Where's the lake? And on April 18th, the mystery will be revealed. What am I supposed to be looking for? Man, X-ray,
0: zigzag, bit zero. What do you say we dig one more hole? <laughs> I think I just got winter soldiered. Um. <laughs> what is that? Holes. The book is now the movie. Rated PG. Wow! How, like how many
3: holes do they dig?
2: <laughs> a lot. A lot? <laughs> like how do you thousands. how
3: do you film digging a hole as being cinematically
0: interesting? I, I don't know, but like bringing myself back to being, a like a kid on the cusp of puberty and just adolescence and like all the energy in the world, I liked digging holes. Whether we were trying <laughs> yeah. to dr- dig an underground fort, bury a time capsule, find buried treasure, I do wonder if there is something inherently interesting with kids about digging holes. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. I love digging holes. Mm-hmm. When I was six. I'm not sure I want to watch a
3: movie about it.
2: (laughs) Well, see, but it's not about digging holes. It's actually a massive takedown of the troubled teen industry and its inherent corruption and cruelty. Okay, I don't know
0: anything about holes.
2: Okay, so (laughs) neither you guys watched it or read the book, so I'm on my own on this. Well, good, because I can tell you it's a really damn good movie. I was very very pleasantly surprised so we've got uh shia labeouf coming off of even stevens it's just about to end i think in a month or two this is his first movie and he's a kid who accidentally runs afoul of the law and uh in lieu of prison gets sent to you know a teen reform camp out in the middle of fucking nowhere where all they do all day is dig a hole five feet in diameter five feet deep that's all you do you're there supposed you know. to get counseling you don't get counseling you're supposed to get food and water you barely get any you are treated like shit and the kids are all horrible to each other
0: yeah bet they come out of there That's... talking like john wayne
2: yeah but <laughs> as, as he starts doing this you know mostly like he's he's trying to make friends but all these kids are so hardened because they're all being so mistreated god damn it because they're troubled kids but in you know a safe troubled kind of way it's not like anyone's stabbing or assaulting anybody really at the same time, we learn the story of his family, which is cursed because his great-great-grandfather ran afoul of mystic woman Eartha Kitt, and so now <laughs> the whole family is cursed. And there's also another story going on that is about his, I think, great-grandfather, who's in out in the Old West, who runs into Bandit Kissin' Kate, played by Patricia Arquette. And so this movie actually covers some pretty heavy shit besides the mistreatment of the kids in the troubled teen industry. uh, Patricia Arquette plays, you know, an Old West school teacher who falls in love with a black guy and they burn down her schoolhouse and murder her boyfriend. And she starts uh, going on a killing spree from it. (laughs) And then you realize, oh, these kids are being forced to dig these holes Because they're looking for her buried treasure. Mm. Evil Warden Sigourney Weaver is not telling them this. She's acting like, oh, no, this is good for you to reform you. But really, this is all just, I mean, spoiler alert, forcing these kids to be slave labor so (laughs) that they can find a buried treasure. It's good. I was really pleasantly surprised. I was sort of like, this is going to be a cute kids movie about like a wacky camp that turns out to suck. And then they're going to take over the camp like Camp Krusty or something. It's (laughs) going to be like, kids rule, adults drool. And instead, it's about like standing up for your bros and having compassion for poor kids. And yeah, not always accepting authority. And yeah, the corruption of adults in a very legal sense yeah, I, think, I I loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I heard. I just remember people behind the scenes championing this because I think this took a long time to film. I think it took a long time to get released, and mm. uh, it had everything going for it. But, but it had a built-in audience, but couldn't really figure out a way to sell the movie to people. And... Yeah,
2: I mean, they just sold it like it was a thriller. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It's not that thrillery. But yeah, I mean, it comes to learn, like you know, the way to break this family curse is like to be good to other people and like one of the kids is there because he's homeless that's it it's because his mom left and he doesn't know where she went
0: he must be punished and it's
2: like he must be punished <laughs> it's like that's heartbreaking yeah. <laughs> there's yeah a kid who can't read there's a little kid and they're like oh yeah let's just make you dig holes because we don't have any any way to help you he's off the street we're just gonna punish you yeah it's, it's about, out of mind. all these kids should be in a school that, mm-hmm. and with counselors that could help them, and instead they're being used as slave labor by a crazy person.
0: I think th- there is some reality that every orphan should live a much more Hogwarts life and people with parents <laughs> should lust after the experience. Sorry, we're still alive. You can't go. You can't
2: go to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I mean, Holes is made for, you know, pretty small budget. It's small Disney, budget. and I was, that's why I was thinking, like, oh, this is... Nah, nah. And even as a grown-ass adult without any kids, I was really enjoyed it and thought it was interesting brought a bunch of heavier stuff for kids you could talk about yeah, and, yeah that, you see that that's
0: why it might get lost um hard to market to families like my kid's got a bunch of weird thoughts in his head now roger ebert giving it three 3.5 <laughs> out of four stars damn uh, nice. high praise and uh I just remember the release date it kept, it kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And yet all these fans of the book and the fans of the book are all people like Shia LaBeouf. So they were <laughs> they were very excited about this casting. Nice. They were at the right age, but it, yeah, it kind of got lost. And I remember I was off yeah. somewhere in the summer and this is not built towards me. So I know the show was built for me to get around to seeing it, but a uh, life yeah. gets in the way.
2: Yeah. And then seeing well, it's, it's adapted from the book by the author of the book and reading the summary of the book is like, oh yeah, they, they didn't tone it down. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that. They're like, no, these kids are being mistreated and that's bad. And the answer is not like, let's dump slime on someone or the manure truck or something. It's like, no, get a fucking lawyer and get them out of here.
0: <laughs> they gotta find some way to save the rec center. We can't make a Disney live action movie. <laughs> let's say
2: save the rec center. Like, no, no, this place needs to stop. You should <laughs> this, burn it down, kids. It's
0: gotta be in that weird category of live action disney films whoever gave david lynch the money to make his lawnmower guy movie like <laughs> <laughs> to adapt huck finn faithfully like this does not have let's just make this respectable It doesn't have to be a box office blowout no such yeah, thing no, nowadays holes, definitely. holes!
2: Yeah, yeah definitely for i don't know seven eight nope let's say
0: and you know, uh little
2: little kids might be a little upset by it or probably just not understand what the hell's going on
0: mm. yeah. well i'm glad I- i'm here finally because uh TV of 20, 2003, what is it, April 14th through April 20th, it, it, I took it out of news, but this, is the, t- this week is the soft launch of the Spike Channel, when the oh. Nashville Network rebrands to the TV show, the TV channel for men, and I tried to find a promo for it. They are women showering and pornographic <laughs> close-ups of uh, engines revving and guns firing. Uh, I remember those commercials. It, it, uh, it, yeah, it, it was... It was Man Show, the network. It was, it, was, it was. But it was Man Show with no sense of humor. Even though most yeah. of the shows they would air, like that appeals to me. Stop this marketing, or Spike Lee will sue you. But uh, it's <laughs> it, the the launch is so soft because basically the big carryover is wrestling because that was the ah. only thing keeping the Nashville network afloat as. Hey, Grand Ole Opry reruns <laughs> just aren't it doing it for people. Hee-haw reruns. Uh, the country—it was a, the Nashville network was, like, for all intents and purposes, a country music channel that ran wrestling, and that w- so they slowly transitioned the Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon. We don't get to talk about that till June. Stripperella—it's—it's mm-hmm. uh, it's getting UFC on non pay per view television. That's something Spike did, but that's not for that's not for a while. So it, I just haven't seen a soft launch like this because they're. Leaving on a lot of the programming to not scare off anybody who is still watching TNN, except for one, which might be, I think, my favorite television programming of all time. Mm-hmm. The best, t- my favorite TV show of all time. Wow. And here's Rob Tussin. He was very impressive in the warm up. Oh!
1: Oh! oh, God, he's still going. Oh, how can he? Oh, he must be feeling really. Stupid. I,
0: I know it doesn't serve well visually, but those who know it doesn't work know. as radio. But this
3: was such genius. I Brilliant. love this. I, I love that they have these Japanese contestants on a Japanese game show with this guy in a full-on samurai outfit. Yes, and then they're like, "This is Bob from Cincinnati." Yes, this is,
0: this is a what is it? It's, this is the uh, insurance industry versus uh, romance porn. And uh, this is Jack Nicholson impersonators. There was one with the Jack Nicholson impersonators. Okay, okay, okay I got to sell the subject. Somehow, Spike TV had the brilliant idea to combine all of my favorite loves: Jackass, America's Funniest Home Videos, obscure Japanese shit, Mystery Science Theater three thousand into this one brilliant program. They took a night. This is two thousand three. They take a nineteen eighty two show. Takeshi's Castle. Yes, beat Takeshi, who's in the show. And oh, it's it's just a live action video game adaptation that eventually Wipeout and other shows would steal wholesale and make the same concept. You don't want to watch a person really go through an elaborate obstacle course. That's American Ninja Warrior type stuff. You want to see people get hurt and highlight (laughs) that. So they cut this. The show is already amazing in and of itself. They take this Japanese show, give everybody fake names. It's Kenny Blankenship and let's go to Gila, Gila douche, Gila, Gila douche. And they write all new fictional overdubs for this highly truncated Japanese show that is basically showing you all the best bits from an hour long program in a half an hour. And the writing is not only brilliant. I think the, the most I spent on an out of print standard definition DVD was this. $70. $70. I don't
2: think you've said the name of the show.
0: Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, later <laughs> on, shortened to MXC. It launches with Spike TV, and I am immediately smitten. And it's one of those shows that, in my opinion, holds up so fucking well. Like, in, you can even binge it. I've done it with a DVD. <laughs> Most Extreme in Elimination Challenge. And I, and watching it semi-recently, I, my hat's off. They really, it seemed to be a point we are not going to do any... Jap jokes at the Japanese expense. Nobody is going to be Japanese. We're not going to comment on the fact that this is Japanese. It is just a separate universe where what you're seeing are all Japanese people, but they're all referencing. um, It's Mystery Science Theater 2.0. It's it's brilliant. And it's half an hour. (laughs) I think it's pound for pound. One of the funniest, most entertaining shows I've ever seen. And it's totally gone and unstreamable outside of YouTube VHS rips. This show rules, and if you haven't seen it in a while, I encourage you to check it out. MXC is the absolute shit.
3: <laughs> uh, it's streaming on Freevee, and you can watch oh,
0: like that on Prime with on ads. On Prime, that's, that's formerly IMDb TV, I say with a giant shrug, that they nice. changed to the even worse title, Freevee that streams with commercials through your Amazon app.
3: I'm just going to read some of the titles <laughs> of season five. Game rights versus Christian rights. Superheroes versus MySpace. Stoners versus health nuts. VGADD awards. Gaming industry versus video gamers. <laughs> Sexual pioneers versus the world of violent films. Chip magnets versus famous felons. Jackass versus stand-up comics. Young and rich versus men's magazines. Greenpeace versus body obsessed. The White House versus the world. Hot chicks of prime time versus hot celebrity moms. I,
2: you, and they're just random Japanese competitors. Yes, <laughs> not actually oh, yeah, these the, the they not actual things. They just say that they are. Of the
0: show, I think we've seen a, is Squid Gamey. Like a 100 a people start out, but they never tell you that on MXC. 100 people start out. They, usually they run at a wall at, at, filled with doors, some of which are doors, some of which are just things people. Walls. They're just walls. It's like Fall Guys. Have you ever played that game? It's the perfect combination of MST video games, comedy, and um, interesting. And if you've never seen the Japanese version of the show, it is not only... It's paced way slower, obviously. But man, if you want to see... Every time you wonder, like, what were the rights like in Japan? Did I really hear a David Bowie song in Earthbound? This the show will just transition with the Terminator theme into a bubble bobble level theme song. They use whatever fucking music they want and clearly have not licensed it.
2: (laughs) It is really,
0: both are really interesting to watch, but the distilled version MXC is still my favorite. And the DVDs are so expensive. I'm glad it's streaming. It wasn't streaming when I checked a couple of years ago. That's why I had to buy the DVD. Uh, But I love this show so much. It is a real laugh a minute filled with nutshots, funny commentary, stupid impressions. I love it. The, the voice cast is just like, and then, oh, I wish I had her name offhand. It's just like Jill as every woman. There's just <laughs> one one woman having to VO every, like, dozens of girls you see in brief clips on the show as they get yeah. thrown off logs,
2: yeah. splashed in the water. <laughs> this, this is a show just like American Ninja Warrior, or even the original Ninja Warrior. It was like, I can't stop watching though. Yes. Like, they just marathon it like on a Sunday and you know, eat some brunch and hang out. And the next thing I know it's six PM and I just <laughs> have kept watching it because eh, maybe I folded the laundry in between because it's just it's so goofy.
0: And like and like Wipeout, you're you're meant to fail. And but yeah, the original yeah. one was very much it was supposed to be like this is what a playable IRL video game would look like, Siege Takeshi's Castle. And you'd go through all these elaborate shit, and you're whittled down, but you're you're supposed to fail. You're, there was just a thing where they fire a basketball 900 feet in the air, and you try and catch it in a bowl. I'm sh- if you've seen the clip of the show, it's the <laughs> woman taking that ball to the face. <laughs> where her, ne- her, her neck cranks back, and the back of her head hits, her, hits the middle of her back. It is so painful as, to look at.
3: As an old geezer in my 40s who realizes what a valuable capital good my back is i would never go on one (laughs) of these shows but as a young dumb 20 guy old i desperately wanted to do be on these shows i'd look at these people getting creamed smashed splatted and i'd be like yes
0: please i want that and and i remember watching some of the Real Japanese ones, and they do reflect on these people's pain a little longer in those versions <laughs> of the program. Not this one. They make a funny cartoon sound effect. Oh, as a guy's back gets split in half. Move the fuck on, Kenny. Let's go to Let's go to Captain Teniel. <laughs> gear do I love this show. Can't recommend it enough. Move on. Moving on. Uh, Boo Booba debuts on PBS Kids. Oh no. Yeah, it's p- play the song. <laughs>
3: Does your child like
0: bright colors? <laughs> have we got a show for you? Does your kid like jingling yes. keys and theme songs actually written by Harry Nielsen? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Booba. I have never seen um, this is a More Teletubbie? terrifying
2: Teletubby stuff yep. from the same people. Oh, why? 100%. Make them stop it.
0: Yeah, it, it, and again, I, I always get schooled on this show, rightfully so. I hate hating things just because I don't like them. But there is something that feels evil about the mesmerizing nature of preschool or entertainment like they could be watching anything you just want to sell what they're watching back to them this is evil <laughs> barney <laughs> is evil like teletubbies are evil kids shouldn't even be really watching this much fucking television like they could be watching anything they could they yeah. can this sucks Uh, i can see why it's transfixing i i'm a parent i can't compete with your million dollar budget yuck i hate preschool (laughs) entertainment so much oh and then moving on platinum debuts on upn two
3: brothers run a record company (laughs) premise so great it lasted six episodes
2: Uh, until it was Empire mm-hmm. and then it was really good uh, no, the, the critics really really liked it but it's on UPN it's not going to do great but it is created by John Ridley and Sofia Coppola what and you know who Sofia Coppola is John Ridley wrote both Undercover Brother and 12 Years a Slave what yes same guy
0: huh. oh my dear lord um yep
2: it is he sort of in between those gigs right at this point? But yeah, I mean, it sounds like sounds like it was ahead of its time, man, and it's on UPN, so
0: which yeah. was uh behind its time, <laughs> and, exactly, and somewhere in the middle, because man, I I remember I got sad when we stopped covering the '80s in thirty twenty ten, but we also got to stop covering the incessant amount of celebrity from the '50s base specials, mostly Bob Hope. <laughs> And I Whoa. thought I re- I was going down the list. I thought he died this week. Or did he? is he dead now?
2: No. Nope. Oh. He he will be dead in July.
0: Okay. So it is the same but, year.
2: Yeah. But May He's 29th. Well. Yeah. He, he is not well. He is uh, retired from public life for quite some time. But on May 29th, 2003, he will turn 100. Yes. And so we need a special. Yeah.
0: Uh, dude. But I was born in the 80s and I'm barely watching TV in the 2000s. And like, what was your fu- grandma? Yeah, she was still around. Eh. You're, right, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, Bob Ho- and may- maybe there's some nostalgia for kids my age, but I avoided these, like, the fucking plague, uh, mm-hmm. these Bob Hope specials. But 100 years of hope and humor. Woo! Bob Hope's spe- our last Bob Hope special, hopefully. I, I, I do respect this, but it's just like, I don't know, if you haven't read those books by Cliff Nesterov, who I think is a great author. We're Facebook friends. I should get him on the show. But how poorly Bob Hope's style of comedy translates. Um, despite being fine but like what's funny to people a hundred years ago is barely going to what was funny to people 40 years ago is barely going to work and we talk about the exceptions and I don't know that Bob Hope is yeah I always ask people what's your favorite Bob Hope joke Uh, that one he did about Africa I'm sure it holds up right Um, (laughs) Uh, that
2: time he one, one of the 19 times he hosted the Oscars or as they call it in his house Passover (laughs) Uh, Ah. no it's weird because like i've seen a whole bunch of bob hope movies Mm -hmm. and the character that he usually plays that translates well where he's a coward Mm -hmm. Um, that's like his whole thing is that he he's just sort uh, he's a coward but also he's a little horny um (laughs) that about sums me up
0: jesus
2: (laughs) you know but uh, you know that's about it but that's from he's 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 actually kind of a nervousy kind of characters usually. Hey, please. And that will that's universal. That will always fucking work. Mm-hmm. But his specials the spe- like the that sketch character. comedy.
0: And it's topical. It's it's hard for that uh, stuff to be funny that that many years later. To say nothing of what's appropriate now, what's appropriate then. There's uh, a lot of God. ethnic humor, a lot of misogynistic stuff in there. It's, oh yeah. You're just gonna have that. I'm not even using that as a strike against Bob Hope. I just like I never got it, but I've I've seen a ton of clips of people I do love show up, and Bob Hope is standing there and inviting them on stage because that's yeah. I think he made him and Mickey Rooney like make an entertainment and. 10 consecutive decades. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of incredible. But he's not dead yet. Bob Hope's still with us, so they're just going to talk about him. Video games or video game of 2003, (laughs) April 14th through 420. God, I could not say it. Siren on PS2. Siren. Uh, Spiritual
3: successor to the Silent Hill games directed by Toyama. It had an interesting game mechanic where you do sight jacking. That's where you can see what your enemy is seeing. Mm. So you know where they're patrolling. So that's an interesting
0: concept, honestly. Sight check. Probably a bunch of people doing it on their phones right now. Moving on to then fine, finally, we'll close up the segment with Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkson because her record debut is this week, uh, not her talk show debut. Would it be interesting if that's what she's more famous for at the end of the day? So I feel like Red Red as daytime entertainment. Popularity corrodes, like just it, more so than the other kind of entertainment. Her show's doing okay uh, and might be on for a while. So, uh, Kelly Clarkson, let, let her take us out of 2003. The Miss Independent will be right back with our final segment 2013. Don't go anywhere. What are you-
2: and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 14th through 20th, we got two recommends. Boy, do they have nothing to do with each other, but I was just do it anyway. 50 years ago this week, saw the second film directed by Clint Eastwood called High Plains Drifter. I did, forgot it's written by Ernest Tidyman, the guy who wrote Shaft. And that kind of fits because this is, this is a mean movie about mean stuff. I should mention, uh, yeah, definitely uh, trigger warning for sexual assault in this movie because Clint is a man with no name, he comes to town, and no one knows what his deal is, except um, he starts fucking shit up and assaulting women and uh, running people out of town and cleaning up corruption. But he might be Satan? Or a ghost? Or a... Like, it gets dark and weird really fast, and... It's strange, man. It, it's a strange movie. Uh, I really like it. But <laughs> trigger warnings all around, man. There's uh, women are not treated well in the movie. Or depicted well. Like, in general. Yeah. Anyway, that's 50 years ago this week. 40 years ago this week is a movie we mentioned at the top of the show uh, we're doing a 80s in depth on. Because it's a movie that really feels like the beginning of the 80s. It's Flashdance, Dan. 40 this week. 1983. She's a steel town girl on a Saturday night. She works as a welder and then she does modern dance at a bar. And <laughs> I don't want to spoil what we learned about that, but it was very interesting. <laughs> it was a tough episode because there's five of us to get on. And I realized that we end up talking over each other a lot, but it, it was really fun. And to go back and read like the reviews of flash dance, like it's a pretty simple story. You know, she just, she, Wants to, you know, enter the ballet school, but she's untrained and she, you know, feels like she can't achieve that goal. And every critic was like, this is the end of cinema because it's just MTV. It's just MTV is taking over and this is just a bunch of music videos. And it's like, yeah, because it's a musical. That's what musicals are. Did no one tell you? So, is it a good movie? Eh, we debate. Is it an iconic movie? Oh my god, yeah. Like, you're going to feel like you saw this, even if you've never, ever seen it. So, yeah, Flashdance turning 40 this week is pretty fun. And I I could watch, like, every one of those dance numbers a hundred times. They are just, damn, they're crazy. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for this week. Stay classic. I should have bought you flowers
1: and held your hand.
0: Coming into 2013 with uh, When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars, because it's number one in tw- in 2013, the week of April 14th to the 20th. Welcome to 10 years in the future or the past. Don't think about it too hard. 2013, new releases in music, April 14th to the 20th. We got Spitfire by Leanne Rimes, To Be Loved by Michael Bublé, 12 Reasons to Die by Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Ghost on Ghost by Iron-, Iron Wine, Free the Universe by Major Lazer, Rat Farm by Meat Puppets, Side Effects by Fantasia, Bankrupt by Phoenix, Willpower Power by Will I Am, and of course we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction uh, where Hart, Albert King, Randy Newman, Public Enemy Rush and Donna Summer are inducted. Inducted?
2: Inducted. Okay. Yeah. Obviously you there there was a little debate and consternation about public enemy and Donna Summer to some extent. So
0: some racist, mostly yeah. about
2: mostly about public enemy though. Are they rock and roll? Sure. No. Sure. No they're not.
0: Sure. Why not?
2: Yeah. But why not? Why not? I mean, when the, the rock, rock and roll-, roll Hall
0: of Fame Museum was based, rock was pop. And that's just more pop. Like, it's silly public to enemy? think you can't have... Yeah, Public Enemy you could totally call pop.
2: Oh, Free- I don't know.
0: Yeah, popular music. And, and people I worth mean, rewarding they- for their musical ac- accomplishments. I think Public Enemy's yes. worth it. I think I think you they need to branch way the fuck out from rock music if they want this. The, the... Side story, my dad, you know, COVID's finally calmed down. He mentioned, like... um you know, your mother took you to visit your grandmother's extended family. Um, maybe we should go on a vacation together. And, I, and I'm like, where would you want to go? I'm like, Ugh, where do I want to go with my 74-year-old dad? And for some reason, like, our talk, I didn't mean to shit on Cleveland because I want to go there. <laughs> Why not go to Cleveland with my dad and take him to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, especially if it's his money? <laughs> that would appeal to him. Everything there he cares about, including Public Enemy randy newman especially
2: <laughs> hell yeah uh, i know did they jam together i hope at the so. induction I hope with so. albert king and rush oh my god that that would be amazing
0: yeah flava flade did a harpsichord solo is amazing <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
2: no, I, I think it's fair that yeah we call it the rock and roll hall of fame but no it is the popular music hall of fame yeah. and that that's fair to say
0: <laughs> Flavor flade played rednecks with randy newman that would be amazing <laughs> That'd be amazing. Please, can I get someone of color singing that song? Because Randy Newman probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. Um, <laughs> Ten years ago this week in the news, you might remember the Boston Marathon bombing.
2: Oh, Lord. Did I. Done
0: by
3: some asshole. Okay? No one yep. remembers this guy's name now. They really don't. You know? Remember he hid in was... boat. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, there's two assholes. Yeah. There's older asshole and his brother, younger asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah what a pack of assholes you know they they came to america as and, asylum
3: uh yep. kids and yeah then they just decided to start killing people
2: yep which they said was in protest of the wars in iraq and afghanistan uh this is not a good way to let people know that is no what no you're after mad about. this
3: happened we left afghanistan and iraq the same day yeah you know? Because that's that. how protest works. <laughs> he was a bit of a loser. You know, all his friends. Really? Yeah, yeah, I know. What are the odds? Mm-hmm. They couldn't imagine him doing this. When they saw a photo of the guy on the news who the news suspected was the guy, they looked at it and said, wow, that just looks like our friend. And then they went back to playing Xbox.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like the, the older brother was the... Uh, more forceful one and I mean the younger brother's like 19 and he's kind of a follower so yeah they put down two pressure cooker bombs one and uh oh, those sneaky motherfuckers they did just like the Bally bombing um what's the other one? Oh the 7-7 bombings in London where it's like you have one everyone runs away and then you do the other one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You motherfuckers driving them towards the second bomb. Uh yeah so three three people dead a lot of a lot of injuries, uh, almost 300 people injured. A lot of lost limbs because you know they packed them full of ball bearings and nails. And then the crime spree starts because they're like it, it takes them a couple of days. And there was a lot of the internet was trying to solve this one, Ugh. and so there were some false leads. But um, yeah, it takes them a couple of days, and they name their suspects. And these dudes go on a little crime spree. They they killed a cop at MIT. They carjacked a dude for an hour to. Taking them to ATMs and making them take out cash because they say we're going to go to New York and we're going to bomb people in Times Square. That dude manages to get away from them and does a really smart thing. Probably by accident, he left his cell phone in the car, ah. so he called nine one one and they're like, "Track my cell phone," and that's how they find him. Then there's a huge shootout, which is kind of terrifying. Um, and one of the brothers, I think they're both injured, but one of them's pretty down. And they, the cops go to arrest him, and the other brother gets in the car and runs over him. Wow. Not sure if that was intentional, if he was just trying to kill cops, or if it was like, uh, they can't take you alive. I, I, don't I can't know.
0: have a witness. Not even my own. But blood. yeah.
2: Yeah, fucking Boston gets shut down as they manhunt the, right. this piece of shit. And yeah, they, they found him because a guy called the cops and was like i know you guys are going house to house looking for this dude my boat out back like someone's messed with the cover and yeah there he is Got him.
0: i was gonna say this is this is like more footage of a bombing than i remember because we're in the era of decent phones and it's a public event well, that also, people are filming it's, anyway it's,
3: yeah such it's such a, a public thing it's mm-hmm. the boston marathon everyone's yeah. got a camera everyone's recording their dad their uncle their aunt their niece whoever yeah.
2: And it's right at the finish line too, so yeah. there's already. The but that's what, I, there. that's what I'm
0: saying. It was like more eyes on it than any other public bombing we'd experienced in this country outside of 9/11. Yeah. But yeah, and if you, I remember, we were making fun of a. Uh, it was easy to make fun of uh, that. Remember when they did some viral marketing for the Aqua Teen movie in Boston, <laughs> and they were yeah. like, "We're not taking any chances," and we all had a ha 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 ha. It's like you got to remember how horrific this was to like yeah, take every threat seriously. Yeah.
3: 12 yeah. years after 9 11, you know, there's it, it was a lot closer to people's hearts at the time. So there was always the fear, you know, what if this is part of a larger thing? What if this is just going to build? But I know no, what we should do to fight assholes. this.
0: Legalize assault weapons. Boom! Perfect! Mm -hmm. We got it. Nail. Recipe for safety.
2: (laughs) Yep. If everyone were armed, then that would fix the explosion because, you know- Shoot the
0: bomb. Yeah. Boom. Let's drop the bomb. Just a bunch of Republicans in a room. Why don't we give them no access to mental health care? Bankrupt their parents- and make all guns legal. Recipe for ah, mm.
2: ah, so
0: beautiful. Yeah, right now.
2: like, well, how come we're not safer? Because like we have more guns than everyone. Yeah shouldn't shouldn't we have some of that safety by now? Turns
0: out that statistic is uh, kind of warped in their end. Hmm. Cost of freedom. Yeah.
2: So yeah, anyway, I mean the the real idiots in this story though were the younger dudes again, we're just not saying their names because fuck them. Mm-hmm. Uh the younger dudes like friends and roommates, when they realized, oh shit, that's him on the news, they tried to like get all his shit together and like dump it somewhere, be like, we don't know him. Mm-hmm. Like, honey, no. They all like a bunch of went to jail for that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, when you realize it's the guy, back out of the room, close the mm-hmm. door, call the FBI, and be like, I don't know what is in that box. He left a backpack. Please help me. That, help. Was,
0: that was the closest I was to an actual murder. Um, mm-hmm. Guy knew murdered somebody, and he came yeah. to another friend's house, botched drug deal, got attacked, fended himself off. The- is out now. It was so long ago he's out. Put his sh- He's like, can I wash my shirt? And it was the blood covered shirt. And I don't think he knew that. And he washed the shirt and he's like freaking out. And like, what do I do? I have now tampered. I didn't know it was evidence. And now I've tampered with the evidence. And like, oh, and like the second he's arrested, like give it to the cops right now. Like you didn't know what this was. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not, he's very guilty. He's already like confessed to it. So you're not going to go just give it. Uh, No one wants to be a rat, but like you also don't want to be found out to be have tampered with evidence when someone is clearly guilty <laughs> yeah like, uh... don't
2: don't touch it you don't want your prints on it mm-hmm. if it is something that's closed you can say it is not my item but it is in my house mm-hmm. i have not touched it yeah i have no reasonable reason to know what is in there uh yeah don't tamper with evidence mm-hmm. even if you think oh well, this way they won't know i tampered with. no they're gonna know
0: yeah okay let's Ugh. move on just anyway,
2: moving on so yeah one of those dudes is dead and the other one's uh Got the death penalty. Death row?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see if it actually happens. Those I mean, things probably drag on and on. Um, yeah. Given the life cycle of how that works, I don't think so. I think <laughs> attitudes aren't going to be for more death penalties by the time he's sent ready to hit the chair or whatever they're using yeah. now. Uh, yeah,
2: it's, it takes a really long time because there's so many levels of appeal. That's why it takes forever.
0: Moving on to a lighter story Justin Trudeau, author of Doonesbury. No, uh, son of long-serving Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau is elected leader of the Liberty Party of Canada, and
2: Liberal Party. Liberal,
0: Liberal Party. Party.
2: They don't have liberty up there because they're forced out of the way of the to have health care yeah. and not as many guns. Yeah,
0: they don't have to pretend. But yeah, this is the
3: first time in Canadian history that the son of a prime minister became prime minister. And you know, we're uh, what five years off of Bush two, mm-hmm.
0: so. Mm-hmm. Is there some story he might be Mick Jagger's son? No. Or I think his- yes. <laughs> no, it's Fidel Castro. Yeah, <laughs> no, there totally is. Yeah, there is. His mom ran off no. with Mick Jagger yeah, his, for real.
2: No, his mom partied with the Stones one night. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I think he might have already been born by then. I don't <laughs> know. He was born while his dad was prime minister. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And- uh Got a good-looking guy.
2: <laughs> he is. Goes,
0: I'm like, I have no idea what he's done. and am just like, I trust him for some. <laughs> <laughs> the Don Draper effect. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Just let him talk more. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I almost said sex Max, Same-sex marriage is legalized in New Zealand. Uh, good for them. Uh, not a lot of options out there, so you got to keep them open.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of sheep, though.
0: That's <laughs> true. I think
2: that was a good move. Yeah, I
0: want to see a C bucket of male sheep. Uh, and the Pulitzer Prize for Drama goes to Disgraced by Ayad Akhtar. And uh, Pulitzer Prize for Fiction goes to The Orphan's Master's Sons. Jesus, that's confusing. Is that a limerick? By uh, Adam Johnson. Brothers and sisters, I have none, but I am the orphan master's son. Who am I? That's how that limerick goes. I'm laughing at myself. No one else cares. Movies of 2013, <laughs> a movie I've never heard of. And I couldn't no, have been more either. fascinated with the the lead in this because I'm at peak loving Arrested Development. Alexander Sargsard, Andrea uh, uh, Riseborough, Paula Patton, Michael N- Nikquist, Nyquist, Frank Grillo, Hope Davis, Jason Bateman, and Disconnect. Disconnect.
2: Yeah, I was the second I read the log line on this, I was like, no. And then I read the reviews, and I was like, really? Because it sounds like a movie we run into all the time where it's like a whole bunch of interesting actors and it's you know they're intersecting lives in this case it's about like how online discourse makes everything terrible and like these kids create like a fake person and they start catfishing this kid and then he gets really depressed and then his dad is angry and gonna find him and all these you know couple stories about how disconnected we are and i was like oh no and then all the reviews were that it was really good <laughs> and I didn't get around to it because there was too much to watch. So I feel bad because it barely got a release and it has, that's a really interesting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Put the, let us know in the comments is disconnect worth watching. Cause I just, what about... when you do this for long enough, you feel like you've seen some of these movies over
0: and yeah. over. And we have, yeah. we have a couple that
2: are different this week. Um, it, it's, but it's, it's so weird one. just
0: cause like, I know it's harder than ever to commit to a film because yeah. It's just harder. Even streaming companies seem to be pivoting more towards TV shows. And if you just read like a synopsis, you think I've seen that before, but this job giving us the opportunity to like sink it. And w- it's like the execution is what makes these things different rather than the premise, but that's all we have to go on until we start talking about them. So it does frustrate me sometimes because I can't possibly watch all these movies in the midst of everything else. And, uh, yep. s- uh such, because th- this movie, I really wanted to see because I, and I might have, uh, when it came out, blaze Miller, uh, Kevin and Brennan, Kevin M Brennan, Aaron Hayes, Jeff Grace, Julia Stiles, America for David Cross and Rachel Boston. And it's a disaster.
2: It's a disaster. Yep. It's a disaster disaster. Mm -hmm.
0: This is my biggest recommend for the week.
2: All right. I was really hoping one of you had gotten to it when I didn't because there's another one It's like, oh fuck, I don't have that time.
3: uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I knew nothing about this film and I started watching it and it just drew me in. So the whole plot of this is it's you're having a dinner party, bunch of couples over, Dirty Bomb is set off in downtown, you have to tape all your windows, and you're probably going to die together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happens now? And it's a dark comedy, you know, and it leans into its humor. And all the characters are realistic. I could absolutely see being at a dinner party with every single person here. And I could absolutely see every single person acting at the end of the world, the way these characters are acting. So it's funny. It's It's part of a very, very small genre of films that I like. Who are you when you have no future? Mm. Who are Mm. you when the world is going to end? Who are you when you're going to die? Who are you when nothing you can do will change any of this? And that's what this film explores in a wonderful, funny, and touching way. And there's a couple of really amazing touches that I just loved. The main character comes in talking about how every boyfriend she's ever had has proven to be insane over time. And her current boyfriend seems to be the sanest and most rational person in the entire household Mm -hmm. until the very end when her theme (laughs) of always dating crazy people comes to the forefront. And you go, okay, you planted that Seed Well movie. Good job. Huge recommend for me. I I really wanted to...
2: This has an amazing poster yes this is a fantastic poster of a guy in you know a, a uncle full, sam pose Yeah, it's, it's like an uncle sam poster but he's in the um like a full containment the radiation containment suit. suit and he's holding <laughs> he's holding a mimosa
3: yeah <laughs> the guy in the hazmat suit is actually their next door neighbor mm-hmm. and he wasn't invited to the dinner party oh and
1: <laughs> there's a
3: There's a couple of incredibly awkward moments that just capture the black humor. He wasn't uh, invited to the party. and He shows up and he's like, when all your cell phones went dead and the uh, electricity went out, you didn't realize something was wrong? Oh, you're having a dinner party. I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. So all those game nights I invited you to just, okay, well, I'm going back to my house. And they're like, you can't leave us here. And he's like, I can actually. (laughs) And he leaves them. And they have one roll of duct tape they have to prep their house with. And there's a couple who always arrives late to every single dinner party. And Uh. they arrived late to this after getting nerved gassed. And they're like, we can't let you in because you might infect us. But also, you've been late to everything dinner party maybe this wouldn't have happened to you if you re- would have respected other people's time
0: more <laughs> i don't uh, nice. think it's streaming free anywhere but it's written and directed by the same guy who wrote the happy time murders which is a movie i think really? i'm tired of sta- allowing people just to shit on because it's i saw it again and like this is not the worst movie this is really fun and memorable and a great idea for a movie executed decently. Stop shitting on this. It's so good. Hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Anything else? It's in a disaster. Said? It's a disaster. Up next, uh, Lisa Marie, Sid Haig, Meg Foster, Jeff Daniels Phillips, uh, Bruce Davidson, and starring Sherry Moon Zombie. I wonder who made this.
2: Who could this be?
0: <laughs> Lords of Salem. Ten years, almost the day after a movie we talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. Is this Rob Zombie? Of course Yeah, it's Rob Zombie. And so last week, I saw my
3: very first Rob Zombie film, and I was not impressed. So I was kind of dreading this. He's improved a lot in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, There's much better plot, much better characterization. His direction isn't quite as frantic, while he still has a lot of the energy and drives that he had in the first work of his I saw. So... Yeah, I think he grew a lot as a director. I'm going to say this is my favorite Rob Zombie film. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
0: wish I could say That's, that.
2: Uh, That's kind of what I've heard. I've heard The Devil's Rejects is probably his best movie, but is also the hardest, <laughs> uh, harder to watch. And The Lords of yeah. Salem is a better entry point into his oeuvre. And um, well, it's, it's, it's about a bunch of witches. I like yeah, witches. Yeah. My, I want to be a bit, only... one of them witches.
3: My only complaint is that in Cabin in the Woods, on the whiteboard, one of the creatures is witches, and then another of the creatures is sexy witches. Mm -hmm. These are not sexy witches. When am I going to see the sexy witches?
0: It's the craft. It's all you got. And I think it's illegal for you to watch at your age now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah,
3: yeah. This is a light recommend for me if you
0: like horror. I've been kind of waiting this whole time to see what either of you think about the next film number one of the box mm. office 10 years ago Zoe Bell uh, Melissa Leo Nikolaj Costa Waldo I uh, hope I get that right Morgan Freeman Andrea Riosboro Olga oh, yeah. Kirilenko, and Tommy Cruz it's number one this week oblivion 60 years ago Earth was
3: attacked everyone's been evacuated nothing human remains.
0: people you work for lied to you there are people down there the drones
2: will handle
0: this they're firing on humans stand down this is just the beginning oblivion. Ugh, oblivion oblivion as a movie i had i'll say like a blade runnery time with like this <laughs> is <laughs> Gorgeous. The, the mm-hmm. world you've created and the characters you've created, like sci fi on a non franchise level, has been pretty iffy over the course of my entire lifetime with big studio films. And here we have one with Tom Cruise, who doesn't usually make fair like this. Uh, is Live, Die, Repeat just a glimmer in his eye? I forget what the actual it's, title of that name is. Uh, yeah. Edge of, Ed, edge of Tomorrow, aka a- 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 Live, Die,
2: Repeat, which is annoying because that comes out next year yeah. and the I couldn't tell that they were different movies based on the ads.
0: Yes, and this—I think this movie, that movie cast such a giant shadow. Everyone forgets this movie. I watched this movie like out of nowhere a year or two after. It's like one of the last movies I remember tweeting about because, like, this is so beautiful and so well made and so boring. It just feels like <laughs> Tom Tom Cruise being in this cut some edge out of here to get this to like a PG movie. Because I don't see why you it otherwise. To me, the big problem is they tried to do
3: too many things in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's not just that the aliens, we thought were aliens, are actually human. It's the humans are the aliens. And oh, he's a clone. And oh... This is his wife that was just a a figment of his imagination but is now real. And, oh, and he's an astronaut. And, oh, and it's AI. (laughs) And, oh, Mm. the memories are false. It's like Kaiser Soze
0: times 11.
2: Pick pick three.
1: Pick three, movie.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I find it. Really interesting because it's it's a lot of a bunch of sci-fi things that I like kind of smooshed together mm-hmm. and then made to look really pretty. So like there's an I Am Legend kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that. Uh, there's there's like a little bit of a E. Thing kind of going on, yep. and then there's uh, a Moon thing. I think I I said last week. Total spoilers. That it's like it's a late remake of Moon because mm-hmm. yeah, it does come down to like you're disposable. There's a whole bunch of you, very literally you know it's a, it's a post apocalypse movie but it's also like a secret conspiracy movie you've been the bad guy all along kind of movie mm-hmm. but i think i mean the thing that ends up putting it over the top like i find it just overall okay but what puts it over the top is it looks gorgeous and it's directed by hey joseph Kaczynski, Yeah. who would that's how he got the top gun maverick gig mhm and that movie also looks goddamn gorgeous.
0: Yeah, off of his Tron Legacy gig, which doesn't look off as gorgeous. Tron Legacy. <laughs> and Which and
2: also looks time. gorgeous, just it's a very different kind of gorgeous. So, like, I appreciate... That. Yeah, it's the original middle original sci-fi. Movie. It's an original sci-fi property with, like, the huge, ridiculous amount of money behind it.
0: Yeah, it feels like something... And
2: nobody does that anymore.
0: Yeah, we won't see it outside of, like... An Am- that that Chris Pratt Amazon movie reminded me of it, uh, with the name of which I've already forgotten. But an original... Mm-hmm. Hey, this is a big-budget, original sci-fi concept that's not built to Star Wars you. You might get depressed at the yeah. end of this, which is how sci-fi on screen used to be. Wow.
3: might My- <laughs> My other big problem with this is there there are some films when when the twist is revealed it makes rewatching it more entertaining. You see all these hidden details. You ha- see how everything was masterfully created. Mm-hmm. With This is not one of those films.
1: Yeah. I would say yeah. that it
3: has Good pretty point. much no rewatch value. And that once you know the like five or six big twists the movie is going for,
0: the first part of the movie seems like a waste of time. That's, that's what I remember <laughs> feeling when I started to rewatch it. Because it's like, I remember watching this movie and like, I already know what's going to happen. And I was right. But they gave it to me (laughs) as a first like, Mm -hmm. but then we have more reveals. And like, oh, Oh. none of those reveals had the impact of the first reveal. It was just to compound this into a much more original concept. It's again, something about like Tom Cruise being in this. Did he will Smithify this somehow? Did he take out some potentially globally unappealing concepts that went into this? Because otherwise I don't see how this gets greenlit and made in the first place because it seems expensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: that's the only way. I mean, we can say it's an original property, but it's it's a Tom Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's the the univ- the cinematic universe it belongs in. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise can get this sort of thing made. Yeah. That's it. There you go.
0: Yeah, but Oblivion. Uh, and, yeah, it, I, it, and then
2: I feel like that's part of why uh, Live Die Repeat slash Edge of Tomorrow didn't do so great at the box office. Yeah, when it deserved but to, because I think people thought legacy. it was this movie yeah. again.
3: Yeah. Live, die, repeat lives on. People talk about yeah. it. I see it referenced again. This not one? not the
2: title of the film no. because it has
0: a stupid, vague title. As does this.
2: Yeah, yeah. this title does not help at all. Mm-hmm. I, Oblivion. I no. I can't picture that in my head. You have to tell me.
0: Like a bunch Seriously. of Elder Scrolls fans were very disappointed. Even
2: if you saw <laughs> even
0: if you saw these movies two years ago, if I held up a poster for Edge of Tomorrow and Oblivion, could you pick which one is which? I'm not sure <laughs> that you could. Yep. Unless you you had super intimate knowledge, and yeah, I think that probably did hurt Edge of of Tomorrow. Gross. Live, Die, Repeat is what it should have been called the whole time. Blah. Yep. If you don't know what we're talking about, that was, I think, the marketing campaign and the poster, and then when it came to home video, that was way bigger than the title. And that's Mm -hmm. why people kind of call it Live, Die, Repeat, because... Those words uh, took seniority in the home video market, and it's a much better title. Oblivion, it's it's a light recommend, but I really just more want to see what other people think about it, because it, it it does so many sci-fi things to perfection. Please, more movies with this cool of an eye and a, a touch of detail. But this, the story in and of itself is not satisfying
2: except Ooh. do you know do you know when the world ended in this one when 2017 again hell yeah just like the not james baldwin adaptation <laughs> <laughs> with the fires in 1993
0: hell yeah and blade runner jesus look at me
2: they were fucking right 2017 sucked speaking
0: of unrealized potential in sci-fi sci-fi channel as we move into television of 2013 23- 2013 april 4th through 420 defiance debuts a week following the game which yep. I I looked into a little more because uh, it, it really was it's it, hyper ambitious, but like I also like recently fell down a rabbit hole of like Nickelodeon and Disney Channel channel Cartoon Network channel promos. And for 20 years, you could really see television like the internet is coming and it's gonna push our shit in. It's gonna take all of our. I used to be a kid and I'd sit down and like watch nine hours of cartoon programming on Saturday mornings. Getting older, I would watch Comedy Central nonstop. Even things I'd watch like three times already that day. That changed with the internet. And all those interstitial promos in the middle are like, go to CartoonNetwork.com. We made free games for you. <laughs> Zoom, Disney, what does that mean? It doesn't matter. Just go to the website. Go to the website. If you have to go on the web, do it in an area we can control your eyes and sell ads off of it. And Defiance is the biggest move to do that. All the market share, the, all the mind share being lost at this point to not only the internet, but video games. They Sci-Fi launches an MMO alongside a show that all take place in the same universe. And even trying to read about the concept like this is too much stuff for a television show, but it's the right amount of stuff for an MMO video game made by try on worlds. I thought it was more interesting. The video game, this show is canceled after like three seasons. The video game runs until 2020
1: <laughs> Wow!
0: <laughs> and they're supposed to talk to one another. The events you see on the show occur in the game, which is, I think we now know that is, too expensive a concept because they got a good mmo maker involved it wasn't a cut rate one it, this wasn't a hot property yet so it couldn't command a licensing fee but like yeah i never saw this i want all of your defiance memories like how did this work what did this look like this deserves a retrospective for someone who was really tied up in the show and the game and how did those talk to one another Because, we yeah, we talked about the game last week, didn't we? I don't even remember Mm -hmm. the concept of the show. But aliens, different alien races, uh, it was ambitious. And the show looked expensive and the game had expensive pedigree. So I'm really curious how it gelled together.
3: Just was really wanting to capture that. Battlestar Galactica magic and really didn't
0: really wanting like you think you like Starcraft now imagine watching Starcraft for an hour every week as well like how is that appealing when you pitch it like that (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) a great underrated show uh it that also goes on for a couple of years despite very few episodes your pretty face is going to hell debuts on adult swim and i think
2: yay is is it based on the song by the stooges is iggy pop well, yes. gonna be there
0: no it's based on being they keep lying to me it's based on being a uh <laughs> nine to five office worker in hell itself starring yeah. master shake voice dana snyder and last podcast nonetheless the less henry zebrowski mm-hmm. uh it's weird. I just think it's it's a guy who's more famous for his podcast than starring in his own TV show, because um, <laughs> he's great in it. But yeah, a bunch of people in almost offensive levels of red face makeup, uh, playing little uh, literal cubicle servants of hell, and I think it's one of the. I think Adult Swim went really nuts with the concept of like, ah, we can do anything live action. Like, you sort of can't. Mm. And, and this, this formula has not worked out really well. I thought this worked out really well. I think it comes from the Aqua Teen creators, and it's it's really funny. And you think it's not going to be funny because it's so lo-fi, but mm. uh, it, it, I, I thought it was great. Um, yeah.
2: I think it's it's one of their better quote-unquote live action shows, which is really just a bunch of dudes standing around on, on, on green, green screens. screens.
0: <laughs> Nothing will defeat Eric Andre. Well. The Eric Andre show, but like this is up there. Your pretty face is going to hell. And I, and again, due to Adult Swim, takes like two and a half years off, gets another season. It has three, four seasons, but it's like still making new content in 2020 uh, in some form. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite that low season run. Oh, I just shouted him out. Disney Channel celebrates its 30th anniversary. Woo, 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 woo. Pew, pew. And I, I thought I could draw JRN with a concept I brought up a long time ago. But the Disney Channel fascinates me because I didn't even, I wasn't even there when it they flipped the switch and turned it to basic cable. Where and when I was younger, I lusted after Disney Channel and my parents hated Same. premium cable. I taped every second of every free preview. I wanted it all. And I wanted it all because Disney content was expensive and like or completely unobtainable. There was no Disney Channel. When I was a really little kid, they would show Donald Duck and Mickey cartoons occasionally on Wonderful World of Disney, and then they took all that away. You couldn't really buy them on video. It was only on Disney Channel. The Disney Channel's format was this is where you go for a fee to watch all of Disney's library. And then I saw a commercial for Disney Plus. I'm like, this is the pitch for Disney Channel. Disney Channel warped and turned into something completely different because it had to. And when do streaming services like Disney Plus do that? Because if all I'm here for is a library and a legacy, how do you get a new viewer in in 10, 20 years?
3: You're going to have parents like me who is like, I grew up on this.
0: I'll show it to my kids. Mm-hmm. That's how you get new viewers. But there's still a paywall. Disney Channel doesn't rise up and defeat, start making original pro- programming until it becomes basic cable. Disney Disney Plus is about to launch an ad service, um, okay. a free ad service that will end up dictating the legacy of this formula where they still have a Disney Channel, by the way. <laughs> what could Disney Plus look like in 20 years just their original concept is just Disney Channel and right. <laughs> and everything else, other than the Mandalorian and a couple of Marvel shows, nothing's made a dent in my my psyche that thinks I need yeah, to, yeah. Keep... But you're a mid 40s, true guy, it's true, you
3: know. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you that like some of the Mickey cartoons yeah. are breakout oh, among those, the younger crowd,
0: those are so dude. I just went on the ride, I love those cartoons, yes, yeah. and it's not that and I don't, that's what I'm saying. That got a ride, Chris. Yeah. That's major for Disney to give
3: something a ride. It has it to have truly a significant, is significant. Uh, even though,
0: well, even though people a lot of people hate the ride, I think it's fantastic. Uh, but but I, I talk about this all fucking day. But I do want to. Yeah, Disney Channel turns thirty and is unrecognizable from the form I loved it as. But it, it changed, and this is when it becomes. It's the biggest television channel there is, and. I know people our age don't care about that because we weren't watching your Lizzie McGuire's Hannah Montana. But once they start doing that, once there's no paywall behind the Disney Channel, then it becomes the biggest channel in the world and changes formats. The biggest channel in the country, sorry, uh, mm. Nickelodeon. I'm pretty sure it's got to be a sports network at this point. Um, mm, probably. And then up against that, we get a huge poor property from Is it Eli Roth? Is he involved in yeah, Hemlock Grove? Think he,
2: he produced it. Mm-hmm. Hemlock Groove is a show I have been meaning to watch for 10 years, but not because it sounds good.
0: I, everybody who's recommended to me is like, it is not good, but there's some (laughs) werewolf shit in there that is fucking like, there's always like a couple things that are fucking awesome. And that's remember when that was sort of how you judge whether streaming (laughs) streaming Netflix will release like 80 hours of content and like, "Eh, it's got three good moments and like, man, (laughs) but I got to watch 10, I got to watch 10 hours of this in a
2: row. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's it's a horror show about, you know, a weird small town. Uh, you know, some people are liking it. Famke Jansen always like her. But Love it just, it sounded like High Camp so much of the time mm-hmm. in, in a way that would make true blood blush.
3: Mm. The author of the series that Hemlock's Grove is based on has very definite views. Whoa. And he had a lot of control over mm. what... Was going to happen with his property hmm. This is not just An R This is a hard R Don't try to make this PG-13 To make it remotely marketable To what you're going to perceive As its target demographic
0: Teenagers That's not going to happen You can pry my rape scene From my cold, dead hands Wow, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, okay. wow. Yeah. Now listen to the next quote
0: We all actually want to see teenagers having sex, am I right? I believe that I am. I'm banking.
2: (laughs) He doesn't mean in real life. He means when you watch a movie. The point (laughs) is, let's not be afraid to go dark. So.
0: Wow! Wow!
3: Wow! So that wasn't his actual voice, but that was his his quote. Oh,
2: thank God! Because I was being like, "I voice is punchable. How is that possible?" (laughs) Uh, yeah, it, no. Every review is like calling it inane, corny, ponderous, and um, yeah, I lush, grotesque failures are things that I enjoy because it, I enjoy camp.
0: Everybody wants to watch teenagers having sex. Man, I love being in the zeitgeist and watching what I look at every critic's thing. The main reasons I'm not watching Euphoria is I don't want to enjoy scenes of teen sex. I don't want to watch it, and I don't want to end up really liking it. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to stay away from that for the betterment of society. What a fucking stupid notion. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then... Uh, then moving on to more mainstream stuff. Parks and Rec this episode this week is Jerry's retirement.
3: <laughs> I love this episode. I mean, Jerry was such the perfect butt of the office that when he retires, he still remains the butt of the office.
1: What the f- is happening right now?: <laughs> Today is my last
0: day, last day I'm retiring. What? Why didn't you tell us? Well, I didn't want to make a big fuss. Although, gosh, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it a few times. Oh, God, they're going to fire people, aren't they? Yeah, I am two years from my pension. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> Only six months left until I retire.
2: Well, what did Jerry say?
0: Jerry was here. <laughs> 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 oh, now uh, that now that's what I... that's That's my teenage sex. Retirement. <laughs> That's what mm. That's what I sit there and jerk it to.
2: Retire with Christy Brinkley and your ridiculously hot yeah. family?
0: <laughs> I don't think I'll have Jerry's <laughs> life, but uh, damn. Damn. With um, a
2: pension. Oh. Oh, yes. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Pension. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Medicare. Oh, it's so good.
0: And I own my own home. Oh, my God. I uh, own it
2: outright? Oh. Oh, oh
0: God damn. <laughs> 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 Lastly this week, speaking of how time passes, I think the last MTV Award show I watched was the newly rechristened MTV TV and Movie Awards, which was the only time I've wanted to get on Twitter and start live tuning. Like, this is one of the most... It was during the pandemic, so it was a bizarre show anyway. But, like, clearly MTV Movie Awards can't exist anymore. There's not. There's no identity to that channel to celebrate films at all. What do mm. we... Who, what do we care what the Rob Diedrich channel says? What's a good movie or not? <laughs> Who gives a shit? But I love the MTV Movie Awards until the Oscars. I think if you learn the history, the Oscars eventually hired all the producers and writers to make the Oscars into the MTV Movie Awards. So its identity mm. is even more, you know, less necessary. But we all love the MTV Movie Awards, right? This, we, this year.
2: Oh, these are very silly.
0: Yeah. 10 years yeah. ago, hosted by uh, Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Nice. Uh, anything. I don't. I did not watch this. So I'm. All I can. <laughs>
2: Nah, i didn't see anyone pointing out like an especially fun big thing they did you know avengers wins movie of the year um they always like change up the categories yes. to have some bullshit like best shirtless performance
0: yes best scared as yeah. shit performance this year suraj sharma and life of pi <laughs> beating out fair. every horror movie
2: fair enough apparently uh, the teens like silver linings playbook a whole bunch i and don't pitch believe perfect them. no pitch perfect no I big believe. shock
0: pitch perfect i believe yeah i mean it's got to find a podcast eh. to talk about cocaine bear from the director of pitch perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh and then moving on to into video games of 2013 man i was there oculus rift, rift development kit is released and i had friends in the game industry including my roommate and i, I got to play with this a lot it was so rudimentary compared to what was eventually released at retail it's like how is this supposed to succeed so i would buy one
3: of these used in the future and this is a little late but i could only find the date they shipped and this is a bit like you know arcades back in the day they shipped them all over the country they're
0: arriving they could not get these enough they couldn't get like more than like a thousand of these made at a time so they kept releasing super slowly by the time they released like the dev kit two you may not have received your dev kit one (laughs) (laughs)
3: and i purchased the dev kit Mm one right before dev kit two got released and i was Mm -hmm. buying it used from someone who's getting the two so this blew my mind this was utterly comparable to the first time i saw the n64 in action it was like this is true 3d this is the future of gaming i will never ever ever forget the experience of playing Fallout 3. I got a little program that made it into a VR game. I'm in the vault. I'm walking around. It's super cool. I'm killing people. Then I finally escape the vault at Fallout 3 and I get to look around in VR in an apocalyptic landscape. I mean, It was awesome to see the quarters, Mm -hmm. but now I'm just flat out on a world and it blew my mind. I don't think... VR has advanced over the last 10 years or I should qualify that. I don't think VR is as popular today as I expected
0: it to be after that experience
3: because it just blew me away. I thought, well, obviously
0: this is the future of gaming, but no, it's niche. We talk about that on VGA a lot. And part of why VR looked to be, I'm sorry, this is going to be boring you, Diana, but it does make sense (laughs) because, uh, basically at this point, it wasn't so much that VR technology was a the way it was advancing is that it was affordable. Like it, that this technology is in your house. Maybe you can, for mo- most of my life, if you want to do something in virtual reality, you had to visit Vegas or an, or like an arcade <laughs> with a $4 machine, but you can get something- and shoot at the peridactyl. Yeah, you can get something <laughs> that for like two to $400, you can bring it home to your house. Now we've seen that there's something with the adoption rate slash what Meta or PlayStation will tell you about the level of immersion. You need more tech- and this is going to cost you between six and a thousand dollars. That's not going to take off with anyone at all. That that yeah. is going to remain a niche completely. It was the affordability, but even then, like Diana, like imagine Diana. I got this movie mm-hmm. you're totally going to love. It's a biography on some old lady in Hollywood. Um, My favorite. But every, it's a it's a streaming series. But every time you want to watch it, I'm going to need you to put on this outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks (laughs) that will never not suck like like and and
3: that's why i think video games have a future no matter how cheap and easy vr gets mm -hmm. because i think vr will never be as lazy as watching a screen and pushing buttons yep mm -hmm. you know It'll, it'll I think that just the act of having a regular video game is never going to go away, even if you can get a $10 pair of VR goggles that don't feel like you're wearing a PC desktop on your head, which the, <laughs> the Mach 1 did feel. Oh, I it, mean, was, it was not
0: comfortable at all. Like, they have no. massive advancements in how comfortable a headset is to wear, to the point where, like, my biggest thing about not liking VR is that it is so fucking immersive. I remember I was playing Resident Evil 7 In VR and like just having a great time. And then my dad called me and that was like so scary. It was like leaving the matrix. Like I'm like (laughs) removing the atmosphere from my body. Like I had forgotten where I was and that life existed outside of the game. That experience was far more jarring than anything in the game. Like, uh, Hey, wow. I thought you were going to be here for dinner. And like, I lost track of time. I, we all lose track of time to video games, but I'm not like late for dinner <laughs> losing. because I don't even have a watch to look at. <laughs>
1: and, oh fuck. Like
0: it was, yeah, it was, like, I remember... it was like the Jack being pulled out of the back of my head. Like ooh, ooh, <laughs>
3: ooh. <laughs> so scary. I remember with the Mark one Oculus though, some guy made a contraption where there was a rail on top of his ceiling. So it would hold up the VR headset just because it was so heavy on his neck.
0: I I wonder what his wife thought about that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's no way that that guy is. And (laughs) (laughs) also out this week, Pandora's Tower for Wii. Uh, This
3: is a JRPG (laughs) exclusive, and, you know, the Wii is still trying to hang on. I mean, it's so far past its cultural relevance Mm -hmm. phase, but Nintendo knows that it has to support its old systems as it's selling its new systems. That's why we get some NES games this year, and why we're going to get some Wii games for the rest of the year.
0: I love talking about this franchise because this is the franchise that like lived and died in the early touchscreen era. It's cut the rope, cut the rope. Time travel. Oh
1: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. My kids loved playing Cut the Rope when they were
3: young. As far as I can tell, this doesn't have a time travel mechanic in the game.
0: Which <laughs> we put Ben Franklin think... in the background.
2: <laughs> I
3: don't think I've ever seen a game have time travel be a mechanic as like the the way that Portal use teleportation yeah never you know i i i want someone to invent that game but i can't conceive of it i i keep thinking of what would be a time travel mechanic save scumming. okay we already have that
0: Remember what I I talked, when I talked about the ten year anniversary of Bioshock Infinite. That seemed to be something they were going to make a mechanic, and they didn't. And I don't know how you do how you do that. So I, I don't know how you do that at all. But I found the game dissatisfying. satisfying. Surgeon Simulator is out on uh, PCs. Uh, Sur- this, surgeon Simulator twenty thirteen. It's one of those joke games that was made
3: during a game jam, mm-hmm. and it's all about being a surgeon, but you can't really control your hands very well. And there's <laughs> there's clips on the internet of people like dropping brains during brain surgery <laughs> and the brain flipping over and landing exactly right and then getting a perfect surgery
0: score it's it's yeah it's like uh playing operation with boxing gloves like uh yeah it, <laughs> that and that was the point and i don't want again i don't want to go off too much on the last game here but uh injustice gods among us is out for a uh, Wii U PS360 but it's a uh, Nether Realms fighting game contribution uh, starring DC characters but it is also the mainstreamification of what if superman was bad <laughs> and just mm-hmm. like I cannot believe how tired I am of that what if we had to fight what if all the good guys had to fight superman like he was already in a movie is this in that great a concept tell me what it would be like if batman was really bad Mr. Wayne, here's my resignation. If you don't shut this machine off, well, I'm not, <laughs> Lu- Lucius. I'm
3: not. As a fighting game, oh. this really became a franchise. People loved it. I think it still got a good circuit going on. It hasn't. Uh, I think it still has an ongoing it's, comic.
2: It's, it's, yeah, it's very pretty. This is one of those where it's like, oh, what you playing in here? Watch my husband playing it. Like. I'm just sort of transfixed. And uh, like the story was kind of interesting. I was like, I kind of don't want to watch you fighting. I kind of just want someone to tell me what the story is.
0: It's one of the only. Can I just
2: watch cutscenes? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He and that's my <laughs> whole
3: experience with the Injustice franchise. I'm not a huge fighting game character. Oh no, no! I love watching these clips of this is what Black Canary said to the Flash. Yeah, this is what
0: Gorilla Harley Grodd said. says, says yeah. to Harley Quinn. Uh, and I, I love that aspect of it. But it is like I think the most Japan obviously owns the fighting game franchise because they're just you know stick much more to mechanics, and that's probably a good thing. But the, I think the best thing Injustice brought was how to tell a story and like I may not want to be fighting friends online forever in a fighting game but this story is so rad and you play from as the game teaches you how to play it you're going through a story and you play as characters you may not have ever selected seeing more of their story I I think it's brilliant I play through every Injustice game no matter what despite not being an avid fighting game person I wish Street Fighter would fucking do that
3: the Injustice world um, also has my one of my favorite bits of Harley Quinn things. Hmm. It's a comic where Harley Quinn is talking to someone and she tells the story of how she got pregnant and she left because she didn't want to interrupt the Joker's schemes, had the baby, gave the baby up for adoption, and when she returned, the Joker hadn't even realized she was gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs>
0: uh the joker's baby presumably
3: no no uh, well
0: i don't know actually. the joker can't come yeah. that's part of his problem that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that explains it but yeah that about wraps up the show we got one more tiny segment left we'll tell you who died during this on a quiz you can play along with uh but before that i gotta plug patreon.com slash laser time we got shows about even older stuff there if you like hearing us talk about stuff and i really wanted to be a part of the flash dance thing because Man, that movie had a pretty good transfer on Paramount Plus, I gotta say. Very, very pleasant to watch, to see a movie. Oh, a 4K transfer on a streaming service. Why doesn't everybody do this? Since all every studio has a streaming service now. Yeah, Game Apocalypse this week. I forget what we're talking about. Last week was so much fun because we talked about dead modern gaming trends things that uh in the last 10 years and i think i still when jr and i started talking about god of war ascensions multiplayer and <laughs> like why does god of war need multiplayer why do we need this quick quick time interactive sequences where i, I feel like it's the most one of the most fun show fun times i had on a show because it really was me michael and matt just bitching about the period we started working in the games industry uh, about 10, 10 15 years ago and stuff we hated in games from back then but then we talk about new releases and stuff so check that out duraner Where can I find you?
2: They can find me on the Twitter at listeningerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, the 302010podcast. Coming up next week, Scorsese's two boys, Bobby De Niro, Leo Mm -hmm. DiCaprio, they're in a movie together. What? But where is Scorsese? He's not there. Also, we got, uh, let's see, John Cusack is going to get stuck at a motel. The real world is going to go to the big screen. <laughs> it's oh, going to work out great. For why that. was I
0: confused about what movie you're teasing? I watched it three months ago organically. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. And then um, in the he 2013s. He dry... mm-hmm.
0: Little Miss Jackie Wolf got dry Oh, you can't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And in 2013, Mackie Mack and The Rock are going to team up with Michael Bay. See how that goes.
3: Great, actually. (laughs) Also next week, Texas will get a ranger. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The most popular occult kid show of all time ends. Angels Stop Touching People. Mm. And... A DC teen superhero
0: show is a go. Whoa, it's that old. Mm. Fuck me. The uh, the ridiculousness of Cartoon Network. <laughs> it's run a lot. <laughs> if you still have cable.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. All right, and I- it's so
2: good. It makes me mad. We didn't have good cartoons when I was a kid. We had shit.
0: I know. So unbelievable. Die who died this week? Well,
2: in 1993, we lost George Frederick Ives, the last survivor of the Boer War. He was 111. What? yes Jeez. yeah
0: he, he was around to witness al jaffe's birth he
2: was <laughs> r.i.p r.i.p
0: sorry a i had to mention legend love Al. Uh, yeah. also
2: in 1993 is when we lost content floss who was 81 even though he smoked like six packs a day mm. uh content floss i mean most non-mexicans or non-spanish speakers would know him from uh around the world in 80 days the 50s one but uh charlie chaplin said he was the most talented comedian he'd ever seen wow He's wow. Basically, basically Mexican Charlie Chaplin wow. with some retro marks thrown in. I don't know he anything about. Really Country funny. Plus. I yeah, always thought I've, they were talking I've about watched... the, a
0: Mexican vampire when they said his name.
2: No. Count. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. I've I've watched a bunch of bits on on YouTube. That's the mm. rabbit hole I went down, and I was like, oh my god, he is really good. <laughs> the physical <laughs> comedy is unfucking real. And then in 2013, we lost Deanna Durbin, who is 91, who was a child star in the late. Mid to late 30s, Mm -hmm. kind of, if Shirley Temple were also an opera singer. (laughs)
0: Okay, yeah. Seriously,
2: she had an incredible opera voice. She's Baby Jane. But she's a little kid.
0: (laughs) Sending a letter to daddy.
2: No, sing it real, man. I can't. I'm sending a letter to daddy.
0: I don't do it. I've never said this before. My new brother-in-law is also an opera singer. I'm not going to pretend to sing opera anymore because... I I could get that guy to belt out Pavarotti or the Halo theme anytime I want. (laughs) Uh,
3: All right. Well, I guess it's time for the
1: birthday quiz.
0: Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding dong doodly doodly
1: ding dong doo
3: All right. Turning 60. 60. And Uh, before I get into it, is sixty old for you? Because I, don't need more. I can imagine fifty pretty darn easy, but I oscillate. There's days when sixty still seems impossibly far away, and then other days when it's frightening. Like, yeah, I can see that.
0: I never thought I'd live to be this old, so it's it's bizarre <laughs> that like I have to make plans now for when I'm in my sixties if I want to. Uh, not die tragically. <laughs> That's how life is working. That's mm-hmm. not too far away. Holy shit. No one's going to hire me. I'm going to need some retirement that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash <laughs> <laughs> 60. Yeah.
2: 60. Still with I us? I ask
0: because, still with us,
3: I ask because this guy turning 60 was a bit of a, oh, fuck. Is it <laughs> uh, He's okay. 60? Is it Paul Rudd? Okay. All right. All right. Born April 18, 1963, in Brookline, Massachusetts. His father was a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Man,
0: I just, Ooh. this is not fair because I just watched a documentary about this person because it popped up on YouTube for free. I know exactly who it is based on his where he's born and what his father does. His mother is uh, not a microbiologist, but also equally in a
3: an attorney, an attorney at attorney. the Boston firm Ropes and Gray. Yes. Yep. Wow. Sorry. And this okay. is said in the
0: documentary, so I know who it is
2: and okay.
3: for sure. Let's we'll
2: see how I do that. Uh,
3: He was a congressional intern for Congressman Barney Frank. Hey! This I did not know at all. (laughs) That is not mentioned in the documentary. And he won the National Council of Teachers of English Writing Contest with his short story, To Bury the Living. Go on to be a pretty famous writer, in addition to other things. If I say anything you know him for, you're going to get it. (laughs) Instantly Uh-oh. get it. Here, instead, here, I got okay. one. I got one. Let, let me list the cameos first. Okay.
2: Oh, okay. Cameos.
3: These are things he has cameoed in. The film Bewitch, The Office, How I Met Your Mother, The Lego Batman Movie, Sharktopus vs. Petra Kuda,
1: 30 Rock, <laughs>
3: The Simpsons, Futurama, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, Next week we will be talking about the thirtieth anniversary of the announcement of him taking over a show. Which, if I mention, you will instantly know who he is. I think Diane
2: is Conan right. O'Brien, isn't it? Conan, Conan O'Brien.
3: O'Brien!
0: I, I I went through the rabbit hole of um, some Jordan Schlansky stuff, and they served me up the documentary Conan O'Brien can't stop his live. Mm. Oh, that's that's great. Shit, what year was it? I got to pull this up. I found a very Wait, quick. So
2: him him going to Harvard. It's yeah. somehow now less impressive because dad worked there and he already lived nearby, I'm assuming. That's just him going to, like, the local community college. <laughs> it just happens to be fucking Harvard.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking loser going to Harvard, yeah.
2: God, come on. He wouldn't last a day at San Francisco State. Go Gators.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean.
2: I can't fucking find. Does
3: it seem like he's 60 to you? Because that's, I, I no. grew up on Conan, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And he was he was so young when he took over uh, the late show late night. God damn late it! Night. I guess, yeah. I suggested this clip he, he, out to Michael.
2: He was Michael fucking and thirty. He yeah. was fucking thirty when he got that gig. God damn it! Yeah. No, man.
0: No, no, man. I didn't. Uh, I. I
2: <laughs> I'm a failure.
0: We were talking about it was it's the MTV Movie Awards for 2000 Music Awards for 2004, and MTV was hyping it up because it's. We've been in LA for the last 15 years and we're going to make our triumphant return to our home turf, New York, and had these really cool promos. One of which is just a 30 second shot back of a limo, There sitting is Donald Trump bobbing his head to Limp Biscuits Break Stuff. (laughs) Somebody goes to open his door. He gives them like one second. Yeah, Break Stuff. And like MTV returns to New York. And like all that needs is a title change. And it can be an anti or pro Trump campaign spot. How come I can't find this? (laughs) And the even funnier one was Conan O'Brien. There's a guy, wimpy dude in the subway playing hippie tunes on his guitar. And he just, Conan grabs it. And just starts going big pimpin', we be spendin' and does big pimpin' acoustically, and it, the that's kind of funny. And the, it fades to black to the MTV Move Awards. You just hear Conan yell, "I'm going pimping everybody!" And, and <laughs> <laughs> at the end, and it's like I've been laughing about that for three weeks, and I can't find the YouTube clip now. I'm go. I've been saying I'm going pimping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> for so long sorry i wish i could have played the clip it would have been funnier than my description but i love conan dearly and, and i remember yeah him we'll saying, have plenty of chance to talk about him uh we're i just talk wanted to about point him out he's announcement he, next week his tonight his course, tonight show his, beef he's like i really wanted a body of work that lives somewhere conan youtube has you covered I cannot believe how much of his material, other than what I just said, is well covered on YouTube. A lot of it VHS rips, but like NBC is no longer going after people for co- posting Tonight Show clips, and it's a little safer. And I think he also, for his YouTube channel, licensed his late show stuff so he can show that legally. Never been a better time to get back into a 30-year-old talk show. <laughs> Watch no interviews. If you're watching a celebrity interview, you're not watching the right Conan clip. Sorry, yes. Oh, is...
2: Paul Rudd would disagree with you. Come on.
0: That's true. Paul Rudd does have the greatest <laughs> interview segment of all time. If, well, Nor- next to Norm MacDonald. yeah anyway that is it for our show patreon.com slash later time taking us out this was one of the biggest albums of the fucking year like uh yep uh and i hate every song off it now for how much it was played aerosmiths get a grip and we'll close out with i think the only song off that album i would save in a fire living on the edge because it yeah. has a great you're not, Weird Al song. You're not
2: a crying person or crazy, which is the exact same song.
0: SNL had a great sketch <laughs> that you can't find anymore with Adam Sandler and Jay Moore pointing out that all those songs sound... Up next to the "I'm Crying Amazing Crazy.
2: I'm crying <laughs> amazing. It's crazy. Because
0: they're the same fucking song.
2: Yeah, the same song. This one's different, though. Yeah. So that's why I picked this one out of all of them.
0: And it has a good Weird, yeah. Weird yeah. Al parody.
2: Living in the it fridge.
0: Does. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah know that one yeah it's the first track on uh, an album's name I'm forgetting <laughs> the, mm. the Jurassic park one alapalooza there you go yeah uh, we'll close out with living on the edge thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week living on-